Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. (gasps) Nerd Debate 5 live. There we go. Boom. That is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at... The amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster of Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 730 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs>to the Super Pod Hero Cast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 3. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we just watched X-Men. X-Men. Let's talk about what lovely beverage you have brought us tonight, Todd. Tonight we're drinking Adirondack Brewery's Tangerine Summer Dream. This is a tangerine flavored IPA. And it's delicious. It, well, let's well, find let's out. See. Oh, that is delicious. That's good. Now comes a new segment that we started last episode, a whole two episodes in, reshoots. Very important because, hey, we're not perfect. We get it wrong sometimes. This is true. Hard to believe. This is at the point where if we made a mistake on a prior episode, either we caught it or one of our fearless listeners caught it. ten of listeners. In our our tens of listeners, they tell us we got it wrong. We'll get it right. Here's what I I did some thinking, did a little bit of digging. Something seemed off. Yep, not happy. So sadly, Captain America, episode two, talked a little bit about the transition from Captain America as a timely comics character into the Marvel modern age. Oh, no. So the whole story of Bucky... And him trying to stop the rocket bomb and Bucky's killed, Cap's thrown into the icy waters and put into suspended animation. Mm-hmm. That is a invention that occurs after the character is revived. The original time in the comics run doesn't end with that. When they resume using him as a character, Stan Lee writes this story, which leads into Avengers number one, which is where they recover. Oh, so it, it happened, and then Avengers number one happened pretty closely after? Well, they basically retconned. They said, when Avengers happened, they say, okay... Here's where Cap was. I see. Was that a dig because he was frozen in a block of ice? You son of a bitch. (laughs) I see. Let's go with yes. When Captain America is revived to bring back as a modern character, it's Avengers number four. Wait, aren't they looking for him in Avengers 1? Isn't that the reason the Avengers are formed? No, they're formed to stop 
Loki. Oh, much like the Avengers movie. That was a little nod. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Oh, I so, didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So it's Avengers number four is where Captain America appears. Namor discovers these Eskimos worshiping this man, this statue, this block of ice. Stop it. In, really? Oh, you really do not know this? No. Yeah. So this he is, awesome. is incensed that they are worshiping this frozen statue. And in a fit of anger, as Namor is wont to do, throws it into the waters and it moves into southerly waters and the ice melts and he's recovered. So it's not a bunch it, of people digging in the antarctic it and is one not guy's, oh my god this guy's still alive i can't we'll get to that movie oh. and i can't wait oh boy spoiler <laughs> alert it rocks it's got some flaws oh it know, does okay. listen all, all right. movies have okay. flaws all right okay even the highest ranking movie that we watch i'm sure we'll find stuff and you know what my reshoot is what's that the entire fucking movie oh <laughs> I, wait this wasn't reshoots that we wanted to have happen. oh okay uh, and then i have no reshoots because i didn't do any research on this goddamn movie but what we're here to talk about tonight is a much better movie than what we watched than last episode week. two oh, agree it is x-men came out in 2000 kind of the movie that revitalized rejuvenated the comic book movie franchise I had that exact same thought. There's yeah. no doubt about it. So what was just a few years prior to X-Men 2000? Hmm. What what, what, what do we got there, Casey? I'm, I've got so many going through my head. What was just a couple of years? 97, Batman and Robin. New boy. Oh, boy. Bat nipples. Yes. I think like a number of movies, for me, the Batman 89, for the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, X-Men 2000 represent, let's take another look at this genre and let's put a good movie out and let's remind people that these movies can be good. Let's take them seriously. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. is another way to look at that. So why don't you, as the resident Marvel expert, why don't you give us a little history on the characters of sure. not all the not, X-Men, because yeah, that'll yeah. be like a nine-hour podcast. So, you know, it's interesting. I've got some notes as I was watching the movie, thinking about, mm-hmm. we talked about this, I think, a little bit with Captain America, the character who's decades old. You know, Batman, same boat. A lot of these movies that we're going to watch are going to have these characters with decades of canon. So, mm-hmm. to some extent, I think a movie maker can choose what elements of canon are we taking. Often they will take them from different eras and meld them together and we see this in the movie here so we're going to see characters from different eras of the x-men franchise all together and even oddly characters that should be contemporaneous in age are one's a student one's a teacher and vice versa i think this is the point before we get too much into the history sure brian singer makes great mutant movies has not made a great x-men movie oh oh, you're tipping your hand there spoiler alert he told the entire cast not to read any comic books really i did not know that yeah that's that's no bueno right there and they did, by the way. Every uh, single one was like, sure. no, we're going to read, read these decades of backstory for these characters. And they're rich. I think X-Men, like comics will do throughout history, present very serious and adult themes in these colored picture books, right? I feel like we've had this discussion before. We have, and I have a feeling that we're going to have it time and time again. So, it's almost like these are our modern day stories of gods and monsters. Mythology? Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. In a few moments here, as we start talking about the movie, squarely, this movie correctly pulls what I would argue is the central tenet of the X-Men movie. Movies that in the comics, anti mutant hysteria, fear, and hatred mm-hmm. is a stand in for all the worst of our behaviors as humans racism, bigotry, racial or religious persecutions. Gotta say, watching this movie. To show when we recorded this, the rioting was uh, it was a little tough to watch with sure. everything that's going on right now. That's a fair point. Today is August the 17th, 2017. Literally a few days you ago. You don't need to say exactly what happened. People, sure, people read know. Papers. It was 
terrible. But that has always been, I think, a defining feature of the X-Men franchise is that mutants are the stand-in for the other. And it was Chris Claremont that kind of made the mutant powers more of an analogy for homosexuality. So North Star is a very famous Canadian (laughs) Alpha Flight member. Oh, Alpha Flight. Still waiting for that movie. So I think as the comics evolve probably is that you move into the 90s and the double aughts these uh phobia persecutions prejudice bigotry can really expand right from racial or religious to any type of persecution of a minority group by a majority of the populace so homosexuality certainly falls into that i suggest that if you read the x-men comics you should read them with that subtext that this is an observation of what society does to the disenfranchised to the the minority those without power now the twist with the x-men is that they have powers in ways that the majority does not. Right. And we see that front and center in the movie in which the fear of these other types of people's powers is the impetus for fear-mongering that Senator Kelly is going to harness. And since we're on senators, I will say that the gentleman to the right seconds the motion that when you read an X-Men comic, have that as your subtext. That will really enrich those stories. Because I did not have that at the beginning of my reading of X-Men. And then I heard that open my mind up to how different these characters are supposed to be taken. I, you know, I think it's a tribute. Again, so many writers, and Chris Claremont certainly qualifies in my mind. They are the people you point to to say, these are the reasons why comics can be literature. So certainly Alan Moore, Neil oh, yes. Gaiman, these writers who tell these epic stories they expand the genre they are so well crafted that they can also weave in very complex themes and while they're still entertaining i think that the x-men comics have always done that i agree so before we start let's quickly go over what we're looking for in this movie great we're going to be looking for our most valuable player Mm -hmm. yeah uh, our favorite character Mm -hmm. those can be different they have been for every movie for me you <laughs> the motorcycle um, i like the motorcycle it was trying to run from the terrible terrible <laughs> movie that it was in it sure did best scene mm-hmm. actor having the most fun yep scene to cut hmm. at the end we already said that the rotten tomato score for this movie last mm-hmm. podcast was an 81 percent, which is a b minus yep at the end we'll give our score what we think this movie sits at if we're professor x and we're grading our class how are we grading this movie professor charles xavier thank yes. you very much yes he didn't he did to- <laughs> to be called Professor <laughs> yeah, X. That's right. Yeah, it, it, so just a couple interesting things. So you mentioned Brian Singer, right? yeah. the visionary for the X-Men franchise, to bring it to the big screen. Uh-huh. Also sharing a writing credit with Brian Singer is Tom DeSanto, Yes. Famously producer of the X-Men franchise, but also producer of the Transformers franchise. Oh, that's a wonderful series. That's an interesting one. Uh, And then the screenplay was written by David Hayter. Interestingly, he was the voice for our gaming enthusiasts. He is the voice of Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid in that franchise. Oh, no way. He has an incredibly diverse set of video game credits which is Mm -hmm. pretty interesting. He also, you're going to like this one, voices King Shark on the Flash TV show. What? Yep. Oh, I see. I knew oh, I was going to get this. I love ha- King Shark. He has a cameo in this movie as a museum cop, which I was looking for, and I thought it was at the battle scene when they're in the museum on Ellis Island. I didn't see him, so I missed I him. I think he's the guy that, spoiler alert, right. when Mystique is pretending to be another cop after she gets stabbed by Wolverine, I think that's, that's him it. just laying okay. there. Okay, that's got to be it, because that is a cameo. museum. That's yes. right. Oh, that is right. Now, in addition to writing the screenplay for X-Men, he also wrote the screenplay for X-Men 2. Not a big surprise. He also wrote the screenplay for Watchmen. Ooh. 
and the okay. Scorpion King. Mm, well, uh, well, you know, three out of two four out of four. Ain't bad. Yeah, okay. Whoa, oh, whoa, three. Whoa. Two. Oh, oh, oh you little, bastard. Okay. So the production of the movie, kind of interesting. Some interesting connections there. I think every time we've done this, I've been surprised at those little threads that connect other movies. Oh, and it's my turn to surprise you. Oh, please do. I did some digging uh, on my favorite subject. Who was almost cast? Oh, please. Pr- All right. Pray tell. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Initially, Dugary Scott was cast to play Wolverine. That's pretty common knowledge. And that he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts for Mission Impossible 2. That one I knew. That kind of sucks for him because that's a terrible movie. Yeah. So Brian Singer's next choice was Russell Crowe. Oh, interesting. But he turned it down because he didn't want to play another role that was so similar to Maximus in Gladiator, which he had just finished. Mm. So it was Crowe who actually suggested Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman had already auditioned, didn't get it. That's what you find as the bonus features on the Blu-ray, if you own it, is his initial audition. And then he was cast. He came in three weeks into shooting. They had started shooting three weeks goes by, and then Hugh Jackman becomes Wolverine? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, because I've got... So, obviously, we're we're recording this in 2017. Mm-hmm. We've <laughs> seen all of the movies and Logan. Uh, and so, certainly, that's what I think of as Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. Not what you get in this movie. No. But that makes total sense. It totally does. Okay, for the part of Magneto, Terrence Stamp okay. and Sir Christopher Lee were considered. Interesting. For Cyclops, <laughs> you ready? <laughs> yeah. Jim Caviezel. Oh, okay. I can see that. Ben Affleck. <laughs> Where's my motorcycle? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler. Uh, Wolverine steals the motorcycle. Matt Damon and <laughs> Ethan Hawke. Oh, God. All for Cy- Cyclops. Oh, see, I was that good with been... many of those, not Ethan Hawke. Nope. Two more. In 1997, so in the very beginning pre-production of this movie, Angela Bassett. Yes. Oh, I... Yes, please. Yeah, oh, yes. She, she for actually, in fantasy casting, mm-hmm. as a teenager in the 80s, mm-hmm. My dream casting for X-Men movies was Angela Bassett as Storm and Mel Gibson as Wolverine. And Mel Gibson was in talks to play Wolverine back in the 90s when James Cameron was going to produce and Catherine Bigelow was going to direct. She's a great director. Okay, and lastly, for the part of Jean Grey. Oh, Maria Bello. Uh, I see her more as Emma Frost, the White Queen. Absolutely. Okay. And the last You're one. so nerdy. Yep. <laughs> Lucy Lawless would not have worked at all. She's not too- as Jean Grey, no. But I, I love her. Mm-hmm. I'm not oh, gonna yes. lie. She's great. so. So there is a post Marvel Secret Wars. So we're talking mid '80s. Mm-hmm. There's a character who comes back from Battle World, Titania. Oh yeah. She's like oh. a this kind of like Amazon type, not Wonder Woman. Yes, I'm for everyone who can't see this, which is all of you listening except Casey. I'm, the I'm doing the big the Boeing up. She's an Amazon, not like Wonder Woman from the island, but this very massive, strong hero like Captain Marvel, who has a normal physique and is super strong. She looks like Xena. That would have worked. That character is not, there's no thread to get that character into, uh-huh. into any movie, but she was an interesting character, and, and I could see her as that. Interesting timing. So in the year 2000, when X-Men is released, mm-hmm. stars a young Anna Paquin mm-hmm. at an interesting point in her career. This is... Seven years after she has appeared as a young girl in The Piano. Which she won an Oscar for. Right. And eight years before she joins the very sexual, violent, awesome True Blood on HBO. Never heard of it. (laughs) I've actually never watched an episode of that. Oh, really? Or Game of Thrones. Oh, I feel the nerd rage coming 
Uh, I could just yes. feel it coming from the speakers of the it's people listening something. right now. There's something. So I think we've established all of the outside the movie screen interesting stuff. So let's go. Into Should go into the movie. Screen. Yeah. And now we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Okay, so before the movie even starts, this is a fun thing that Fox loves to do with a lot of their movies, and I don't know if you caught it. You probably did. During the title credit, mm-hmm. when it fades away from 20th Century Fox, the X stays yeah. lit longer. Yeah. I thought that was fun. It's I, a cool little... Yeah. Almost everyone notices it, but they've continued it all the way to the last movie. It's a nice little... Fox may not be able to do much with these movie rights, <laughs> but, but they they're going to hit that X. <laughs> then we have the great Sir Patrick Stewart opening monologue space the final frontier and who doesn't love a patrick stewart voiceover it's the best i don't exposition who cares mutation science i don't care give me more mutation it is the key to our evolution it has enabled us to evolve from a single-celled organism into the dominant species on the planet Keep just voice over the entire movie, like, Rogue enters a bar. I would watch that movie. I would totally watch the description for the visually impaired. Just oh, have Patrick yes, Stewart do yes. it. So there's this huge monologue. Goes through DNA and all these atoms and everything. The X comes up on screen. Mm-hmm. And then we're in a fucking concentration camp. Yeah. So that opening voiceover, it's mm-hmm. funny. It's it's his beautiful, rich voice. Mutation. There's the key word. They talk about mutation, and then immediately we see what is clearly a, a concentration camp. Oh, Nazis yeah. herding these yellow star wearing men, women, and children. So again, if you were missing, <laughs> I don't think it's possible to miss the symbology that is embedded in literally the opening shot of the movie. Mutants are the next wave of the persecuted. Right. And when I saw this movie in uh, in college, when it came out, my girlfriend at the time was like, this is a stupid comic book movie, blah, blah, blah. And the concentration camp opening happens, and she went, what the fuck? <laughs> she was not, I was like, oh, by the way, uh, the villain in this is a concentration camp survivor. Oh, Sorry, root against to, him now. Forgot yeah. to mention that. <laughs> and then about halfway through the scene, we can talk about more of it. I wrote, I miss good movie Brian Singer, because, spoiler alert. He has kind of gone downhill as a director. He's not as focused as he was in this movie. He's so so good. I mean, he's coming off of um, the Usual Suspects. Is that that was he's, my yeah, wonder? Is that that's before this? No, this is after. Or I mean, um, Usual yeah. Suspects oh, yes. is before X Men. So Usual Suspects, a perfect movie. In fact, I believe he goes right from Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects is ninety-seven. One moment, please. All right. It's so hard to type when everyone's listening. 95. So, okay, he does that. He probably, oh, no, you know what? He did Apt Pupil. Oh, where he he works with Sir Ian McKellen. McKellen. Uh, When did Apt Pupil come out? So uh, he directs The Usual Suspects in 95. He directs Apt Pupil in 98 and then X-Men in 2000. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he just goes through this landslide of great movies to get here. Um, So, yeah, I miss good movie Brian Singer. I don't like what he does now with his movies. I don't care for it. I'm showing my hand for future Brian Singer movies because there's a handful in Thor's helmet. But... (laughs) I just, I miss it. So one of the things I think he does really well is without hitting you over the head, he foreshadows enough Mm -hmm. so that things make sense when they happen. So we see this young boy who's crying as he's being separated from his family and in this grief unconsciously is bending metal around him to a degree that these Nazi guards are astonished before one of them clubs him. He is powerful. He doesn't have any control over his powers at this point, Mm -hmm. but he is powerful. And it's a nice foreshadowing of where he's going to end up. It is a great foreshadowing, but 
this scene I have a problem with the same reason I have a problem with most of the movie Life is Beautiful. Okay. In Life is Beautiful, Roberto Benigni does all this crazy shit in the concentration camp. He would have been killed after the first goof-off, right? right? You don't think those Nazi guards would have taken Eric Lencher, Magneto, out Spoiler. in <laughs> Sorry. Taken him out back and just shot him in the head after he bends that gate. They're like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, they everyone curiously. So not only does he bend the gate after they knock him unconscious, the bait the gate is permanently bent and it and just stays that way. It yeah. just stays that way. Yeah, not really a dig, but just a hang on a second. This is these are Nazis. They would have taken care of that. And you all can, your nerves are going to write in. X Men First Class doesn't count yet. <laughs> All right, so then we are on to... This is interesting. Did you note where we go to? The not-too-distant future? Not-too-distant future. And uh, I wanted to, but then I, I remembered, you know what cryptoamnesia is? No. You hear something, some sort of either a fact or some sort of creative thing. You forget that it was from something else, and you think of it and go, I've just thought of this great thing. <laughs> I wanted to drop in Mystery Science Theater 3000 in the not-too-distant future. CinemaSins does Has it for that. all their excellent movies. I was like, God Damn it. Well, we will definitely not do that then. Nope, and that's no. all going in the outtakes. Uh, so oh, we I are, think that should say. So then we are in uh, the not-too-distant future, somewhere in the south, I'm uh, guessing. It says Mississippi, and this is where- Oh, shit. This is, is where... this like the Iron Man thing where you thought it didn't say that they were in- In Afghanistan? <laughs> It's it's what somewhere it's it, it it certainly looks like but it's but it's, it's very specifically not Mississippi. Oh just, no, it says Mississippi it right says, there. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so it's Mississippi, which is you know true to canon. Rogue is from Mississippi. Who's so Rogue? Good. Rogue. Is, I only know a girl named Marie at this point. That's right. Well, Marie, who's this girl who's alone in her bedroom with a boy, but the door's open. The, the door's dad open. And me, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, door's but open. She's a little too casual laying on that bed. Especially when she's looking at that map and she gets up to Alaska, she wiggles her butt at uh, that boy a little too. Like, I didn't see that. I so beg your pardon. I couldn't tell you. I've seen this movie ten times in the theaters. I'm going to add a new award. Oh, the poor bastard. Oh, David, this guy just that wanted to kid. make out with Marie, and then he ends up in a coma. Not fair. Not fair. Poor bastard. Is that an updating of the horror movie trope that sex kills you? <laughs> yep, I think so. So sex kills you, making out just puts you in a coma. Sure. So in the grand scheme of things, not too bad. Yeah. Could be worse, you could be dead. And I will give Anna Paquin credit for having a great scream. That scream she lets out when her mom is playing the piano. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty terrifying. Okay. So great scream, Anna Paquin. And poor scream. bastard award to David. Oh, they don't even know the actor's name. Then we are in a Senate hearing right. about human rights. Fam not at all topical to anything that's going on no. now. Dr. Jean Grey. It's going to be hard not to make this one askew political because of everything that's going on. Sure, sure. Uh, so, yeah, and, you know, I had a note in here, interestingly. So we're going to meet all of the X-Men. And interestingly, Jean Grey, an original X-Men, has a name, Marvel Girl. Mm. I'm um, so glad they don't use it. Right. Well, that's the thing. So they don't use it. She's the only X-Man. And she goes out on a mission. Spoiler. She goes out on a mission. She's got a uniform oh, oh. and costume. Spoiler alert. But, uh does not have a code name. And I was like, are they that embarrassed that it's Marvel Girl? Because to be fair, they're not wrong. It's a terrible name. It is the it's a terrible name. name. We'll just call her the name of this comic company and put girl at the end of it. Yeah. Good job, Stanley. Absolutely. So Sue Storm is initially the invisible girl, mm -hmm. becomes invisible woman. Still not. Gr at least woman is not as paternalistic as That's true. Invisible I'll, I'll, I'll Girl or that, yeah. Marvel Girl. So 
Uh, she is only Dr. Jean Grey, and she's addressing the Senate. Senator Robert Kelly, played by Bruce Davison, who plays a great douchebag senator. He, I think of him as that like professional heel, like J.T. Walsh. Yeah. Oh, him. yeah. Like, they're the guys, you see them, the guy from The Breakfast Club who's- From The Breakfast Club? He's one of those actors, you see him, you're like, oh, there's the dick right there. Wait, we need to go back. What actor in the Breakfast Club? The the teacher who is overseeing their detention. Oh, you mess with the wolves, you get the horn. Yes, yes. But they build careers on being professional heels. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and he's so good. He's so good. There's just the, the interrupting. It's stuff that you see. I hate, Did, I hate doing this, but you see real senators today, even the president, huh. do just a couple days ago, ask a question and then just step right over it and keep stepping over it. So frustrating. He's so good at it. He's so good. Summoning up, you know, shades of Joe McCarthy, right? So he says, I have here a list of names of identified mutants. So here's my first problem. Okay. He says, a girl in Illinois who can walk through walls. So I have this as our first Easter egg. But here's the problem. That shadow cat, right? She is. She's at the school. Well, in my mind, she's from Illinois, and they may not know that she is now going to at school. The Xavier at the School for Gifted Youngsters? Yes. Is it children in the movie? Because uh, it's youngsters in the comics it's, for the you know what? time. So there's lots of little nods to the comic fans throughout the movie, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. One of the last shots is as Wolverine is leaving. Spoiler he survives. He's leaving the school. As he goes out through the gates, you see this beautiful flash of the school emblem. Mm-hmm. It's certainly youngsters in the comics, and I wrote youngsters, but I'm wondering if that's because I that's was thinking youngsters. Yeah. yeah, so Kitty Pride, Shadowcat, Sprite. I gotcha. Ooh, Sprite. Sprite is her original name. Right. Are we going to get Lockjaw in a movie? Oh, that would be awesome. I just want a little dragon. Uh, yeah. Oh, Who doesn't I yep. love you. We did. Sadly, they grew into Daenerys's. Oh, you don't watch Game of Thrones. Game of what? Oh, you son of a bitch. Okay. So then Bruce Davidson says, Mutants are very real, and they are among us. We must know who they are, and above all, we must know what they can do. And everyone in that Senate hall starts applauding. Hands up. Patrick Stewart. Yay! He's the best. And he notices someone in the shadows wearing a hat. Who's that? A long coat. Who could that be but none other than Gandalf the Grey? So, as I'm sure most people know, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are real-life bosom buddies. Are those not the geek Hall of Fame bosom buddies? Absolutely, because you Look what you've got. You've got Star Trek. You've got X-Men. You've, you've got, got Lord, Lord of the Rings. Rings. You've covered all your bases right, right there. You've got your sci-fi, you've got your fantasy, and you've got your comic book. They're all there. Bam. Done. Oh, God. So then, my next note is, the way that Ian McKellen says, Josh, is so fucking cool. I would like to revise your earlier idea. Instead of just listening to a narration voiceover of Patrick Stewart throughout the whole movie, I would just like to listen to Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. I would actually like them to do our podcast and just tell Ooh. us about the movie. I'll listen to that. Uh, but I don't think they which we, can I we believe, get them? Can I we get McKellen's, them? Uh, would be like that was twenty years ago. What I love about that scene is that scene establishes the relationship and conflict between these two characters. Yes, that scene in the hallway, and mm-hmm. where is that shot? That's such a cool structure. Not a clue. I mean, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be in the Capitol. It's supposed to be in the Capitol. It's clearly. It's not. clearly not. Clearly right. not the Capitol. But it's so cool, and I love that when he rolls up behind Eric Lencher. The wheels on his wheelchair form an X right at the bottom of the screen. I'm like, how long did they set it up as an X, then roll it? Roll it, it and then they had to, to get it the exact, so it hits the mark perfectly as an X. Do you think that's Stuart doing his own stunts? 
<laughs> and the interesting thing about that is after the movie was done they sold that wheelchair to a lawyer who is in a wheelchair in real life and so for every other movie we see that wheelchair in they had to rent it from that lawyer so you know i think we talked about in episode one mm-hmm. we talked about the studio destroying the batman set yep and then i riffed on an idea related to firefly and serenity uh-huh so is this the third instance of poor decision making from the production company? How much, how much yeah, room? They'll, they'll never be another movie. We don't need this wheelchair. And also, even beyond that, how much room does a fucking wheelchair take up? That's ridiculous. It's not like they're you know, holding on to the X-Mansion. I feel like there's someone in the production company who's like, oh, listen, we've got this one catering bill that has not been paid, and we closed out all the accounts. we got to sell. Let's see. What could we sell? Hey, wheel that wheelchair over here. Let's sell that, and that'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pay this catering bill. And that production assistant was later fired. I thought you were going to go in that production assistant, Albert Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) So then we are in, oh, the The, bar scene. So talk about a movie not being a tease. This movie, to its credit, is not a tease. It knows what we want, and it gives us not everything at once, but it gives us enough that you don't... I I did not feel... Let's uh, get going. uh, Let's get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Todd, are you familiar with a little musical called... Oklahoma? Oklahoma. No, I don't think I am. All right. So in college, I got to see a the London production that they filmed for stage. Uh-huh. And who played Curly? <laughs> that singing, dancing, lovable Hugh Jackman. Aussie? That was before anything for the X-Men movie comes out. Flash forward to the Entertainment Weekly cover. I pick it up. I'm like, oh, cool. X-Men movie. Who's that guy playing Wolverine? Oh, my God. It's, it's Curly. Curly. No. So what is your reaction? So what is that your reaction? I was reaction? nervous. I was so Uh-oh. nervous because he's so good as, as this lovable, dorky guy next door. I'm like, he's not going to be able to pull off Wolverine. Wow. This scene right here, the bar scene, all doubt is gone. Uh, so I have in my notes A++++ for the Wolverine bar scene. It God, is so good. perfect. That's and, a perfect scene. And this is, you haven't seen it yet. We'll get to it. But in X-Men <laughs> Apocalypse, there is someone who is introduced in a cage fight there, and it is so bad. Same director. Just look at what you did 17 just, years just ago. Just do that again. This may be the best intro of a character in any movie we watch. Oh boy! Because he's silhouetted for it, so long. He 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 looks world weary. Oh, it's just he, leaning up he, like fuck this place. He's the Murtaugh of that <laughs> movie. I'm too old for this shit. Right. Where he enters the bar, sees this guy get thrown up against the cage, and like, is anyone gonna be able to beat the Wolverine? And this big burly guy's like, I'll beat him. And he's like, uh, anything goes in this match. And then he covers the mic, goes, Whatever you do, don't hit him in the balls. You said anything goes. Anything goes, but he'll take it personal. Bam. Oh, mic man. drop right you there. You are like, oh. And what happens? He punches him a couple times, kicks him right in the balls. Does he kick him in the balls? Is it a kick or a punch? I don't think he does either. Does he, he hits him. There is some ballage. There's that some happened. ballage. Okay. That's the only thing that makes him so mad. I, it's more prevalent in this scene, and then it fades as the movie goes on because it's not important, but it establishes mm-hmm. there's something off about Wolverine. Every time Wolverine punches, he gets punched. He headbutts the guy. It's like a bell ringing uh, this metallic sound. I love oh, it. Right. When he punches the guy's sure. fist, it's like. <laughs> Here's an interesting thing. As huge Jackman, as I like to call him. Yes. Uh, as big as he gets in the other movies, he looks so skinny because I the had three that, weeks no, in, sure. probably. Sure. And, and, you know, he also, in real life, is very tall. He's 6'2". Yeah. And Wolverine is 5'3". Five, five, three. Three. I'm torn because I love massive, ripped, huge Jackman. But there's something about maybe the fact that he's not so ripped in this, that he looks smaller. And I was like, oh, I get the sense that he is the right size Wolverine in the 
comics, which I love that as a part of the comic character. The tough guy in the team is 5'3". <laughs> But I think it's a credit to how good Hugh Jackman is, is that you forget or don't care that he's, you know, he's supposed to be the short guy. He's just so good. The hair, mm, the hair not, not so much not with the hair. Well. I, you know, I like the fact that they didn't give him the comic book mask, which has these, if ever, I'm assuming everyone knows, it's the swooping, giant, arched, pointy things on the face. <laughs> so we don't have that, which is good. But not everything that is drawn in the comics translates well to real life. Shout out to Matta. I'm sorry, it doesn't always work. Sometimes you have to change it. This is one time. This is one time you got to change it. It does not work. They get it right in later movies, but in this one, it's very weird. His hair, I mean. Uh, It's going to take about four movies. I didn't say the next movie. In later movies, yeah. So then he beats shit out of this guy. The guy gets knocked out. Then it cuts to Marie at -hmm. the bar, and she's staring at the jar. And I love what the jar says. Tipping is not just a city in China. Right, right. Mildly racist. A little bit. They're in the Canadian... Oh, no, they're not in Canada. It's Alaska. It's Ala- yeah, She goes from Mississippi to Alaska. She goes to Laughlin City. Isn't that Colorado? Nope, it's Alaska. I did not know that. So maybe it's a fake name. Okay. So if like she, she all- goes to Alaska, she goes all the way through Canada, all the way to Alaska? Right, that was her plan. Remember when she's looking at the map? Right. Callback. Yep, totally missed it. So she makes it good for her, except she's clearly starving. Uh-huh. Which is why she's eyeing, eyeing the tip all bar, that Canadian money. Jar. Which is weird. It's can, well, I guess would they accept Canadian money at in Alaska? Nerds, look it up. You know what? No. Maybe she hasn't made it to Alaska. To get to Alaska, she's got to go through Canada. Oh, because she that's... says to the truck driver, "I thought you'd take me as far as Laughlin City." He's like, this is Laughlin City. Oh, okay. Well, do you not clearly... remember that? Oh boy. No, I clearly missed that. Uh, for the listener at home, we did not watch this right before we started recording, so there might be some gaps in memory. We also did not watch this together. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, well, don't ruin the magic. <laughs> well, th- But I think that's interesting. We're catching our stride as well to see what is this like when we're watching movies together, watch them uh, separate. Clearly, uh, that, yeah, I totally missed all of that. Okay. So then the Wolverine sits down at the bar. Mm-hmm. He gets a beer. And then the guy that he just beat the shit out of comes up behind him. It's like, you owe me some money. He's like, you lost too money. You keep this up, you lose something else. But I love the guy behind him. He's like, come on, let's do it. It's not too much. Right. Like, he just beat the shit out of you. But before that, oh. he's like, no man takes a beating like that without a mark to show for it. Um, so maybe you don't want to mess with this guy? Yeah. I don't know. Just that's on par with Morgan Freeman's question to the guy who's trying to blackmail the Batman. Let me get this straight. You think that your client, one of the wealthiest, most powerful men in the world, is secretly a vigilante who spends his nights beating criminals to a pulp with his bare hands, and your plan is to blackmail this person? Good luck. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Are we crossing the streams right We're, now? We can cross the streams. All yeah. right. Total protonic reversal. That's bad. Uh, yeah, it's on par with that level of bad decisions. The guy has right. beaten you soundly. I don't mean like a minor technicality. Oh, no. Like you slip and your foot's out of the ring and you're disqualified. No, he beat the crap out I mean, of he you. He is bruised all over his face. Oh, he yes. He is not looking great. So here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, part of his power set besides healing factors, he has heightened senses, correct? Yes. So the next thing that happens is the guy starts to walk away, then pulls a switchblade. Marie yells... And then he reacts. Is it that he's reacting to Marie's look out? Or is he reacting to hearing the switchblade go? I don't think Wolverine is lying later on when he discovers Marie in his truck as a stowaway. And he basically is like, get out. And he's going to leave her. She says, I saved your life. His response is, no, you didn't. Because in my mind, he He heard heard the guy. He didn't need her to tell him that what was about to happen. Okay. 
So then the coolest fucking thing happens right now. So cool. So he cool. takes the guy, throws it up against the post, and pulls out two of his claws, and they got the goddamn they, sound. They did. Oh, uh, I was just like, oh, they did it. You know, you can quibble about the way his hair looks. Maybe you can argue about his size. But the pieces they get right with Wolverine are everything else. The, Everything the way else. he holds himself, the way he moves. So he's got the guy pinned up against the post with two claws just on either side of the guy's throat. <sighs> the third one is slowly emerging out of his skin and stops just shy of impaling the guy. And he's holding the guy there. And the bar owner pulls up a shotgun. Puts it right to his ear. Yep. Says, we, we, Get out of my bar, freak. How does Wolverine respond to that? As only Wolverine can. He has this lightning fast move. He literally slices the bar owner's shotgun in two. You see the buckshot go flying to the floor, and he decides to leave. But he moves perfectly. Any other actor, that scene where he's got one fist up, Mm -hmm. and then the other one is, the knuckles are up, and then the other one, the knuckles are down. He's obviously straining. You can see that. He's working to make this happen, but it it looks so cool. It looks so cool. And those are the moments where you're like, I don't care what he looks like. I don't care about the hair. He is Wolverine. A hundred percent. And since we both watched this in HD, those claws hold up. Oh, absolutely. They look great. I think... Once he's, no, you know what? They're CG the entire time because they retract in and out. In the movie, they had three sets of claws. They had rubber for like actual fight combat scenes, mm-hmm. wood. I don't know why. For so, for like to be solid? No, because they also no. had metal ones. Oh, they did have metal ones, yeah. He almost impaled a, the cameraman. Um, he did it. What? Uh, as well as, uh, what's his name? Tyler uh, Maine. Tyler Maine, yeah. Did he really? I didn't Yeah, re- in the oh. fight on the Statue of Liberty at the end. Oh, no. He, Tyler Maine, kind of work some stuff they were a little more physical with the scene perhaps than singer would have allowed and hugh jackman talks later about like the, looking back he realized like oh yeah those were the metal claws that he's swinging near the, this other actor oh right? no but he just gets it i mean they look they, they do hold up not every special effect in the movie which we'll talk about later oh. holds up oh, but those claws I, hold up so then he's driving away he he has this great moment where he kind of like rubs his knuckles after he gets in his car and you're like oh subtlety i like it he's driving away and he hears something in the back he pulls the car over he lifts up the thing and there's marie hanging out there i'm like she's got to be frozen right she's under a tarp in the open trailer behind his rv going probably 35 40 miles an hour yeah she's got to be so cold and he's like what the hell are you doing get out she's like i'm sorry i need a ride thought you might help me where am I supposed to go? I don't know. Yeah, no, you don't care. Pick one. Ooh, this guy's a dick. <laughs> He's not a people person at this point. So then he walks back to the car and she says, I saved your life. No, you didn't. The best Southern accent. It's, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Oh, it's terrible. I, I'm, I'm I fine your, with it. I saved your life. It's the same Southern accent she uses in True Blood. I'm fine Which with is, it. Which is terrible. I'm fine with it. Then, so then he stops. She gets in. They're talking. Now she introduces herself as Rogue. I'm, now I can use it. I'm Rogue. And then she sees this dog tag that says Wolverine. She says, Were you in the army? Doesn't doesn't that mean you were in the army? He tucks it in. He's the she quiet said, loner. Oh, then she says my favorite part of the whole movie. My, not my favorite scene, but my favorite part is when she says, When they come out, does it hurt? And mm-hmm. he goes, Every time beautiful little bit of subtlety I, these, yeah. those little things i like like it's something i never thought about with wolverine in the comics like, sure every time he pops those claws it's got hurt sure it's breaking through his skin i was like oh he's just popping his claws whatever then we have this moment that i love because those listening who are parents rogue looks at him and says you know you should wear your seatbelt." <laughs> and the look he gives her is the look that every parent gives their child when their child learns a new health or safety rule at school <laughs> 
and they come home and start haranguing their parents. Uh-huh. It's like, look, honey, daddy just doesn't like broccoli. I'm just, you know, it's good for you, but daddy doesn't eat it. Grown-ups don't have to eat it. That's right. It's- Immediately, he goes flying through the windshield. Well, first he says, look, I don't need a lesson from you. That's right. <laughs> and then he goes through the window. Now, that whole scene, that truck scene, Hugh Jackman originally auditioned for the movie and did a screen test. That was the scene. No kidding. That's the scene that's on the Blu-ray. Oh, amazing. And it's really interesting to watch because the pacing is so different because they're they still had their scripts in their hands and he doesn't 100% have the character. There's a part where like he puts his fingers up to his lips like shh to her. I'm like, that's not a... Hmm. That's not a Logan choice. Interesting. So then there's the crash. But to your earlier point, though, he wasn't cast, right? So they did that screen test and didn't. And that's why he wasn't cast. He yeah. didn't cast him. He got better, obviously. Yeah, clearly. So when he crashes, then he slides. I love that shot. That uh, top, that top. overhead shot where he's, mm-hmm. and he is like a rag doll, face down <laughs> just, and just like arms dragging, sliding through the oh, snow. It's love so it. cool. Did you notice with the HD when Logan stands up? The gash in his oh, head. God. You can see the adamantium. Oh yes. Oh, that, oh, oh I love that. So cool. That, that's another effect that holds up, right? So Wolverine's healing ability, mm-hmm. right? This regeneration is so powerful that he's almost immortal, which becomes you know, more and more apparent as the movies go on. Right. But he stands up with a massive, a massive head wound. So big. He's like head wound Harry. He stands and, up, and Rogue looks at him like. Oh, fuck. What happened? And I must remember it from a different movie, but I remembered when he stands up and he kind of crinks his neck. I could have sworn there was like a metallic sound there, but that must be in a... No, it's just a cracking sound. So then we are... We uh, Sabretooth. We see Sabretooth. Ew. Now, flash forward to X-Men Origins. Whoa, 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 whoa. Spoiler alert. So we know that in a few movies, we will see the amazing Liv Schreiber as Sabretooth. And he is a phenomenal actor. He's so good. He's so good as an actor. Mm -hmm. The thing is, Tyler Mayne looks like Sabretooth. In the comics, he towers over Wolverine, and he has this kind of like animal hide. And in the movie, they do it. It's clearly an animal hide. It's just hanging on his shoulders. In the comics, he has almost like, he almost looks like a hunchback because he's got this like mound of fur hide thing on him he's incredibly feral looking and the movie gets it i mean it's him his claws are these like talons no it's so cool the fangs in his teeth he looks great sadly he doesn't act uh, very good now, fun fact, Tyler <laughs> Mayne, not a prolific actor. Really? But has had a couple of other roles. Favorite role of mine in the movie Troy, he plays Ajax, the massive guy that Hector, Eric Bana, fights. Sure. That is Tyler Mayne. Actually looking more grizzled in Troy than he does as Sabretooth. But that's a great fight scene Yeah, uh, it's in a Troy. Great, it's a great fight scene in Troy. So this is a pretty good fight scene, too. He takes him out with the tree branch that, yeah. not even the, like the trunk of the, the tree trunk that of he's the just tree. knocked over. Right. Again, who shows up? Bum, bum, bum. Cyclops and Storm. Oh, yeah. And, and what does Storm whip up? A flurry. A storm. A oh. flurry. Yeah. <laughs> a storm, yeah. yeah. You know what I love? It. Brian Singer may have said, don't read the comics, but clearly he read them. All to these little things, yeah. all these little things he gets right. So the we see Cyclops. He uses his concussive force beams from his eyes mm-hmm. to destroy the tree trunk, to blast it. Right, right before Sabretooth leaps away. But when he does this, he brings his hands up to his temples. In Beautiful com- little yeah. nod, right? In the comics, he's wearing this visor that is this like red crystalline material. And to fire and what that does is basically filter out the concussive blasts that emit from his eyes. To fire, he's pressing this control that basically slides the visor up real quick. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, they do it. You know, when he, he fires actually, he, like a little wheel it's, on the side. Yeah. Because he turns it to make it more like to focus or spread the yeah, yeah. 
yeah. for when he's freeing Rogue. For a comic reader, I'm like, oh, there it is. So then we are on to Magneto's lair. We get another great actor here. Ray Park? I love Ray Park. Uh, he's so good in this he's movie. He's so good. Darth Maul himself actually gets to speak his own lines in this movie. He does. Because in Phantom Menace, do you know who does the voice of Darth Maul? I do not. Peter Serafinowicz. What? Yep. No way. Oh, 100%, man. I love him in what Shaun of the Dead. What a bunch of a-holes. And <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. What a bunch of a-holes. I love this shot because it's Sabretooth walking through, Toad spray painting something. We don't know what it is. Is I'm, it a- Sure. What it, it could it be? It's a giant butt plug. <laughs> But I totally did not catch on to that until on the rewatch. I'm like, oh, later on, we know what that is. Right. And it was and in a modern movie, he would have been spray painting the entire arm of the Statue of Liberty. Sure. So we would have been like, oh, they're going to do something with the Statue of Liberty. They took the time to make it like, what's going just, on? Just the tip. It was <laughs> just the tip. I really appreciated, again, the subtlety of good movie making. Yep. From Mr. Singer at this point. So then we're in Magneto's office. How cool. How, How cool. My question, the Newton's cradle that yes, he has. with no strings. Is he moving them with his magnetic powers? Is he like focused in on it? Or is he just creating a magnetic field and letting the, the uh, is he letting the inertia knock them back and forth on their own? So I think in the same way than the opening scene when we see this casual use of the young Magneto's powers, right? Where mm-hmm. he has no control over it, clearly. And he's so upset and it's bending these gates and dragging all the soldiers by their metal gear. I think this is another indication. We are supposed to understand that he is incredibly powerful. He mm-hmm. can do something like that requiring such subtlety with no attention. It's not even a thought. I think that's, again, establishing the level of who he is. Okay, so he's doing the Newton's Cradle. I not, think so. He's just making the magnet. Okay, I had the same thought. Yeah. Because it makes it cooler. It does make it cooler. Setting up a little bit of what's going on. Magneto asks Sabretooth. Where's the mutant now? Sabretooth says, with them. He's talking about Wolverine, clearly. 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 Mm. Magneto says, in that beautiful voice. And again, you know, the, the, God, the, so, cool. so the symbology that is throughout the movie and then is shown mm-hmm. at the very end. Again, I think the scene at the Capitol where Charles and Magneto are speaking, mm-hmm. his reaction now, it's clear that this is a chess game between two very powerful men. Oh, a chess, a chess game? It's a chess game, I'm yeah. wondering if that's going to play to a later scene. Well, I'm... Yes, Interesting. It will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Sabretooth's wearing Wolverine's dog tags. Right. And that great shot of Magneto sticking out his hand, grabbing them. He sees his tag, looking at them and then just throwing them down. Right, right. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Again, like, just, you cannot simply root against Magneto. I mean, nope. he's clearly the bad guy, but you're like, well, but look at why. The best villains are the villains that don't think they're the bad guy. They're right. doing what they think is right. Thank you, Joss Whedon. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, right, that- well, Joss Whedon didn't write it as much as everyone thought. Of this oh, really? Movie. It's only two lines. Oh, interesting. It's the terrible line. What do you know what happens? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Joss Whedon describes how you write good villains <gasps> is that no one thinks that they're the villain. Oh, right. That's the reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, I thought you were talking about the lines he wrote in this. No, okay. and please don't tell me that that line was written by him. Yeah, it was. Oh. But it wasn't supposed to be taken as seriously. It was just supposed to be like, hey, you know what happens to... Got, okay. Apparently, he wrote an entire script for this movie that was full of like pop culture references and was very bubblegum. Buffy, Buffy-esque? Yeah, like, sure. but the Buffy movie, not the TV show. Oh. And they were like, mm, no, we're not going to make this movie. And the, But the only things that stayed were that and uh, some other line. I can't remember what it is. Oh, that's okay. Well, we'll get to that. We don't have worst line in the movie as one of our criteria. But we I do now. Like we, I feel and, like now we do. And we're going to name it right now. I think we're going to name it the- It's the lightning line. It's the lightning oh, line? Oh, boy. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. 
Okay, so then we are on to the exam scene. For mm-hmm. the ladies, Mr. Jackman is once again shirtless. But it doesn't carry the same weight as it does in later movies. He's still in good shape. He's in good shape. He's in he's Yeah, in, he's clearly in he's good in shape. He's in better shape than I am. He's, he's in better shape than both of us put together. He's not bending the bar. If the bar ain't right. bending, you're just pretending. That's right. The exam scene, I didn't really have a whole lot to say except for the effect of Jean Grey, Marvel Girl, oh. picking up the vial from across the room. Oh, it's so like, hey, kids, remember the Matrix from last year? We're going to do a <laughs> shot in this movie. Uh, you know, the only note I had there was you know, Wolverine moves. I had Feral mm. wrote that down. Oh, yeah. His movements. He looks like, well, he might be a wild animal. I love it. He's, he's, he's perfectly his head nice. around. Yeah. He's, yeah, that whole sequence from him attacking Mo- movie tro- Movie trope, right? He's so dangerous that literally upon awakening, he's dangerous. He's ready to take out whatever's in front of him. Which sets up a later scene. Yes. I want to say the sets... When they're down in the the, in the bowels of the mansion, the upstairs is is actually huh, the TV show Smallville. Uh-huh. That's Lex Luthor's mansion. Come on, it's the same mansion. No kidding. The Hately Castle. Interesting. And it is used as for for those kinds you, of interiors and and the exterior shot. No kidding. You watch any episode of Smallville, you're like, hey, wait a goddamn minute. I know who lives minute. there. Oh, um, wait, so this very smart, strategic, bald guy, Professor X is Lex Luthor. What? Mind blown. <laughs> But the sets down in the X-Men part of the mansion, sure. oh, they're beautiful. They're so nice. Yeah, it looks nice. great. It looks great. And, you know, they still hold up. Absolutely. That, that looks great. We transition from the, <laughs> the bowels, the X-Men area, to the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters area, which does not look like that. <laughs> no, it looks like Lex Luthor's mansion. It, and it's a boarding school. Um, <laughs> then we're into the classroom scene. He's run around. He's hearing like, Where are you going? Where is he going? He's over there. What are you doing over here? And in the captioning, it's saying that Cyclops is saying some of those. I think really? that's a mistake. Because I think, it, it, how would Cyclops be doing it, especially since in a couple minutes he's going to show up and be like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So Professor Xavier's teaching a class. They all leave. That's where Kitty Pride right. runs to the wall. And then- This is the aforementioned girl from Illinois that yes. Senator Kelly was referencing. So then Scott Summers, Aurora Monroe, and Jean Grey show up. Then Professor Xavier introduces each one of them. I'd like you to meet Aurora Monroe, also called Storm. This is- Scott Summers, yeah. also called Cyclops. Uh, and this is Jean Grey. <laughs> Dr. Jean she Grey. She doesn't... We don't, we talk, don't, about, we we don't talk, talk about, about her, that. We don't talk about her code name. Right before this, Wolverine's going to leave. This isn't his kind of joint. He's mm-hmm. out of here. Cheesy line of the movie. Not as bad as the Lightning Toad line. But uh, he, he asks... Cyclops, right? You want to get out of my way? And it's the worst, like, the greasers grabbing the, the, the jock. and It's the worst. But I will say, James Marsden's reaction to... A like, little cool. Do you believe this fucking dickhead? <laughs> what is this? And I will point out yeah. that James Marsden wins the Georgia LaForge Award of this movie. I feel like our the volume of awards that we're giving out are growing exponentially. <laughs> but only for this, because okay. LeVar Burton spent seven years, seven years and one movie, of doing acting in Star Trek... With, with a Pfizer over his eyes. Makes it kind of hard when you are uh, in a medium where most of the storytelling is done through your eyes. <laughs> so James Marsden sells that moment of, do you believe this dickhead, without having his eyes to show, do you believe this dickhead? It's great. It's that, a great That's a good moment. point. He does. You're right. But it, it's a cheesy moment. Oh, it's, it's 100%. It's a cheesy moment. When Wolverine goes around, it's like, Storm. And he turns to Professor Xavier and says, What do they call you, Wheels? <laughs> that was an ad lib by Hugh Jackman. Come on. It was supposed to be, What do they call you, Baldy? Wheels is so much better. Well, it wasn't even like, What do they call you, Baldy? It was just like, What do they call you, Baldy? Like, right. what's your stupid nickname? Sure. 
And I think that's much better. What do they call you? Wheels? We get more rich exposition oh. from Professor X. More, and so he's, more, I'm usually uh, an opponent of uh, exposition, but when is Patrick Stewart doing it? You go right ahead. Sure. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. So he talks about the school. It's this place, the safe place for gifted children, meaning mutants. They're showing us shots of the different school. Another little nod to the... F- to, to comic book readers. So we see the Blackbird, which is mm. X-Men's Wind. longtime- uh, Looks great. Jet. Yeah, looks great. Looks great. Held up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's in one of the bunkers below the mansion. I love that. I was like, oh, yes, there it is. This is where we get this jumble of characters. So Rogue is in class next to this boy who seems very nice. His name's Bobby Iceman, not Val Kilmer from Top Gun. In canon- That would have been weird. That would have been weird. <laughs> it was just no, you can be You can be my Iceman, Rogue. You, Rogue sounds like that could be like a call sign, right? Sure. sure. And Pyro. Pyro, that Iceman. Whole, they're all they're, they're, all, they're all Top- Is, pyro, is this a Top Gun pyro, allegory? Right, that's the Top Gun theme. Yeah, Bam, it was. Yeah. yeah, sure. It was just far enough away we won't have to pay royalties for it. That was probably good. That was uh, intentional, right? Totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, but in comics, Bobby Drake, Iceman, is one of the founding members. He's a member with Cyclops, so they got that right. They should be peers. But Cyclops and Storm and Jean Grey are teachers where Bobby's the student, Rogue's the student. So if this was truly correct, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Iceman should all be the older... Beast and Angel. Right. Yeah. Uh, Angel, no, that's uh, Warren Worthington. The third. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're saying the other members, right. The other right. Who are not there. Yeah, members, yeah. yeah. You know, it's okay. They're, they're drawing characters, but they're using them in odd places. And I, you know, that's... Unlike my brother Matt, I think this falls within the realms of artistic license. I'm okay with it. And I fall somewhere in between the two because okay. uh, I found a little bit of trivia that the basketball scene when the mm-hmm. one kid teleports and the guy's like, hey, no what are the people playing basketball? That was supposed to be a cameo by Gambit. He was supposed to take the ball. Oh. Light it up, charge throw it, throw it down, and explode it. And Brian Singer's reason for not doing it is because he thought people would think there was something wrong with the basketball. We're in a movie where people have these fantastic <laughs> powers, Mr. Singer. Nobody would have been like, "What the fuck's the that basketball?" Feel- that is Brian Singer saying, "You know what? I don't like Gambit. Fuck him. He's not in my movie." I one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's just his bullshit reason because Gambit is so loved. So then we get another movie cliche after this huge speech that shows us all the different parts of the X Mansion. <laughs> what does Charles Xavier say to Wolverine? Give me forty eight hours to find out what Magneto wants with you. Why? Why is it always forty eight hours? And why does never nobody ever go? I'll give you forty three. That's right. There's no. There's never negotiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Professor X is convinced that Magneto wants Wolverine, and he's going to get to the bottom of it. Forty eight hours. That's all he needs. Right. So then at, we're on to Senator Kelly. Senator Kelly getting uh, getting on Marine One. Uh, no, that's the president's helicopter. It's, I know it is, a, but it, is it not Marine no, One? No, it's just it's just a helicopter. Oh, it would have to be Marine One when the president is on it. Yes. It gets that call sign. I believe so. I think in the same way that- If I remember the, the Wolfgang-Peterson movie, Air, Air Force, Force One, when- Totally um, reputable historical source. When William H. Macy right. transfers the plane, he's like, this is now Air Force One. And I was like, I don't think that's how it works. Just say we have the fucking president on board. Oh, that is that part's actually correct. Oh, that, any plane he's on becomes Air Force One? The plane he is on is Air Force One, because there are multiple planes so, configured that uh, way. I can't believe we're going to bring him up. But So when Trump now rides on his own plane, the call sign for that plane is Air Force One? I don't think that that is an issue that <laughs> the Secret Service has had to deal with before, <laughs> with, the, with, the president, uh, with the president owning his own plane. Oh, but 
the in the military those configured aircraft because there's multiple mm-hmm. they only have the designation Air Force One while the president is on board. Oh, okay, so then the next so, I, th- totally random conversation no, which we great. have that right. was great. Yeah. They take off in not Marine One. <laughs> That's what it's going to be the rest of the sure. podcast. Um, they're, they're it's I, I like to call it uh, Kelly One. Oh, Kelly One. He's on the phone. He's like, Well, some of these so-called children possess more than 10 times the destructive force of any handgun. No, I don't see a difference. All I see are weapons in our schools. He dickishly tosses his phone. He's a dick. To his aide, Guy Rich, Guy Rich. who is a big character in the comics. Huge character in the comics. And then he looks out the window and he sees that they're over the ocean. Where the hell are we? And I wrote down, wow, Kelly's phone has the best fucking reception. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in a basement like we are now. And I'm just like i've got like a bar he's out in the middle of the ocean he's like i'm talking on the phone that was uh, times in 2000 era apparently yeah must not as many people were on them maybe okay sure maybe he's got special military maybe he's got special government access he's got special government phone let's mine cannon that he's got a kelly phone Ooh, kelly phone on the on the kelly helicopter yeah the the kelly copter oh So they're on the <laughs> they're, they're on, on the Kelly copter. <laughs> the Kelly copter. You're right. That's better. It's the Kelly copter. <laughs> so he looks out the Kelly copter window. I'm going to say this as many times as possible. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for this. <laughs> he looks out the window and he's like, "Where the hell are we?" And he looks back over. And actually, it starts before it does the establishing shot. But Guy Rich starts to turn into this weird blue monster. This hot. Not, hot blue monster. Well, I'm glad I waited. I was going to say, not Cookie Monster, and then <laughs> your hot, hot monster <laughs> would have been would a little have been weird. Awkward. And I got to say, that transformation to Mystique, because that's her name, yep. that transformation held up. Absolutely. It's good. You know, it's an interesting take, and it might be from an era after I stopped reading, but for me, Mystique has always been this blue-skinned uh, creature with hair, which she has this kind of like slicked back hair, with this white kind of revealing dress and they go with this route of like she's scaled so she doesn't need clothes now, that was just for the I, that was just for the movie i i'm not opposed got, i'm not opposed to that decision when you got rebecca romaine stamos yes um yes. when she was still rebecca romaine stamos you're right that effect absolutely holds up and you know she's great for right starts as she's a, starts really career terrifying as a she's wonderful so it'll be interesting when we get to the later movies i feel like for those specifically We'll have to compare. Do we like old or young? Because versions it's the same. The yeah, it's just right? like when we get to the Burton verse Batman movies, oh, we will compare sure. Michael Keaton to <laughs> to George Clooney. Right. We will definitely compare Rebecca Romaine to, to Jennifer Jane Lawrence. Ma. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. And Rebecca Romaine is great in this movie, and she again delivers this really nasty line. He's. She says, you know, people like you are the reason I was afraid to go to school as a child. And then she kicks the crap out of him. Oh, like slaps him three or four times with her With feet. her foot, yeah. Now, the way she talks, Rebecca Romaine has a deep voice, mm-hmm. but they are affecting it in some way. And I'm going to headcanon something here. Once she mimics someone's voice, it's still part of her voice for the rest of the time because it sounds oh, like I it see. was layered. So like, like there's all the voices vestiges of every there. voice she's done. Yeah, well, that's pretty and cool. Depending on like like if she did one twenty years ago, that one's very quiet. It's so soft, kind of thing. Guy Riches is probably right there at the forefront. That's a cool idea. I will accept that as headcanon. Yeah, huzzah! So then we are out of that scene. Now, of course, the helicopter, the the, the, Ke- the Kelly copter pilot, of <laughs> course, is Mister Park Toad. Uh, then we are into the MRI scene. Right. So that's time an MRI, for- right? 
Because uh, it goes kathunk, kathunk, kathunk. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's an MRI. I'm yeah. sorry. He's made of metal? That's no he's, no. It, and you can't say that he's not magnetized because Magneto manipulates Magnet- him later. Yeah. That was... It's a little hand waving. Yeah. So I have in my notes sciency scanning, right? So science, <laughs> science, science. Then we get these cool total recall style scans. Yeah. When uh, he's going through the scanner and you see the skeleton, it's on, yeah, yeah. kind of on par with that. And this is where we do a whole big info dump, right? Okay, here's Wolverine. Here's what he's got. He's got this exotic metal fused to his skeleton. He's got claws. But wait, he also has these mutant healing abilities and heightened senses. And Jean Grey says the most terrible line. He could very well be older than you, Professor. Whoa, Jean. <laughs> First of all, how dare you? <laughs> First of all. Second of all, he's your boss. He's your boss. But a nice little nod. Maybe they didn't know where this would look. If they sold Professor X's uh, wheelchair, they, they must not have had any confidence in where this was going. But they did leave that open, of course, becomes a key element in Wolverine's story that he is this old world weary being and you advance mm-hmm. all the way to Logan and it's all the more apparent. Oh, I can't wait till we get there. I can't wait till we get there. Not that this was a bad movie. We'll whoa, get to whoa, the Whoa, 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 whoa. No, we'll get to the bad X-Men movies. There's We'll get there. Oh boy. Okay. Now we have a Batman moment. No new information has been introduced from any real perspective. Uh-huh. But Professor X makes the analytical jump not quite as bad. Oh, you're talking Batman the movie. Uh, Batman the movie. But he does a little detective work based on merely perceptions of what's happened that Wolverine may not be what Magneto's after. Is that Batman the movie logic or just that it's his bits? Charles's best friend. That feels like a weak spot in the movie. Like I don't recall what it was that all of a sudden they're realizing that maybe there's something different there. Mm-hmm. Is this where the MRI scene? Yes. Yep. Is this the scene where he says, Couldn't wait to get my shirt off again, huh? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that a, was a great little yeah, yeah. line. That may have been the other weed line. Feels like a weed line. That oh, yeah, that's a good flavor point. To yeah, it, yeah. So. yeah. So then the MRI's done. They explain the whole thing. And then we are at Senator Kelly. Oh, getting, Senator Kelly. Getting the I forgot powers. about that. Yes. So this cool fog effect that gives the feeling of when you are woken up after being knocked out or whatnot, you've got kind of this fog around you. Like There's the a loose. literal fog around Mystique in that first shot. I really like that. But then there's Toad Crouch in the corner, looking very cool. I'm like, oh, he looks creepy. And he looks over at this dove. Oh, which, that's... And yeah. <laughs> eats it i'm like wait what he, the fuck he is does happening? the toad move the, you're like oh no that's clearly maybe not just his name he's oh, he's odd so and, gross and we'll see a couple other moments with toad that are that are disturbing but in one bite like his mouth expand like in one bite he get it's gets it and then sucks <laughs> it in and then while bruce davison is great in this movie his reaction is so over the top that <laughs> are you a 13 year old what's happening you're a senator it, go ahead and be disgusted by it but it should have been something like Look, I don't know. It was played for last. I didn't enjoy it. Okay. That, that did not work for you. Nope. Okay. So we see Magneto's secret plan. Using he's, some, he's got a science device. He's got some sort of science device that lets off uh, a sperm bubble. That's good. Yep. <laughs> a sperm bubble. And he powers it by using his magnetic powers. So couldn't he just find two giant magnets and put them on either thing? And, you know, or this, am I thinking too hard about you, this Well, movie? these are certainly the moments in the movie where it's definitely like some hand-waving-like. And maybe this is because we don't understand how powerful 
he is. You know, oh, maybe yeah. it's more than just magnetism, right? Maybe it's electromagnetic energy and he can... Some polar t- sure, shifting. There's sure, some, sure, sure. Yeah, that's science, 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 yeah, hand cannon. wave, hand wave. Sure. But he can power this machine and it does something to Senator Kelly. We mm-hmm. don't know what yet. But hits Senator Kelly, but it also hits Toad, Sabretooth, mm-hmm. and Mystique. Should they, washes should they over been, all. The sperm yeah, and, bubble washes over all of them. Yeah. So now we are in Logan's room. And I gotta say, I don't know if it's Fab Jansen or it's Jean Grey, but she flirts weird. She, she flirts super she weird. I'm like, is this your idea of flirting? Because it's weird. Is it? Does it remind you of Jamie Lee Curtis when she's first dancing in the hotel room in True Lies? Before he says, "No, do it slowly. Do it uh, sexy. Do it decimal." The, the All right, weapon so, X flashes. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. those were creepy. They like were creepy. The champagne. The, and oh. and so again, I don't know if you know. Flash forward a few years when they make X Men Origins Wolverine. Mm-hmm. You're gonna bring that into this. Well, movie? but you know, it very much looked like those could have been flashes from the other film. Like if X Men Origins had been made first. They did the, a good job. They of did a good job of yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, uh, it had the absolutely. same feel. Yeah, they, yeah, they were they were sufficiently creepy. Like, they, oh, they were good. Again, this idea which we which again Singer does a nice job of he, everything he tells you. He's gonna he gives you ample warning. Right, we saw when Wolverine first wakes up in the X mansion. Right, and Jean Grey is treating him, and he is instantly dangerous upon awakening. Grabs her hand and, and frees himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten times worse. Rogue comes in to see if he's okay, and he wakes up and stabs her through the chest. Right. So beautiful. Well, first of all, spoilers. You're jumping a couple scenes ahead there. That hasn't happened yet. No, that's it. Nope. There's the beach scene. The beach scene? Uh What beach scene? No, that's after. When Senator Kelly comes out of his cell? Nope. What fucking beach scene are you talking about? Am I? How many beers did you have while you were watching this? No. So you Um, mean when Kelly comes walking out of the water? You're you're, you're absolutely right. Okay. Kelly has not. uh, He hasn't left his cell yet. Blobbly. Right. It doesn't work as well as Kelly. It's the hel- the Kelly. The Kelly. Ca- I feel like you peaked with Kelly. Ca- <laughs> I should stop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So okay. in a callback to the earlier scene when Wolverine wakes up and you know surprises Jean Grey, he's so dangerous. Even worse, higher stakes. Rogue wakes him and he immediately you know stabs her stabs right her right to the chest. And she has this very peaceful, like, I would think if you wanted to kill someone and not have it be a big deal, you kind of want to kill Rogue, because she is just like, like, with literally, I don't think she speaks. She just goes, but it's, it's a very. Is it because she got stabbed through the, let's see, it's the upper left side of her body. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it above a lung you're saying? Like, yeah, she, I think like, did a lung it, got pierced. Like, like yeah. collapsed lung? Yeah, so that makes it harder for her to be able to make any sound. Okay, we'll go with that. We're headcanoning we'll go the with shit that. out of this movie. Sure. So I saw this ten times in the theaters, as yes. I have mentioned before. <laughs> Every time, for some reason, there was someone in the audience that thought Hughes, uh, when he's sleeping, that noise he makes yeah. before she comes in is like, Oh, God. Oh, my God. Thought it was funny. They goes, uh, I'm like, Clearly, you've never had a nightmare in your life. Yeah, right. You make noises. So she gets stabbed. Yep. And she's like, uh, 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 yeah, this very <laughs> odd death scene. And and uh, Hugh Jackman is really good at the panicked somebody help. Mm-hmm. Somebody help! I mean, you killed her, but. Right. And then she just gingerly touches his face. And he gets this look like, I'm sorry. Oh God! What's happening? And she starts Great. to suck the life force out yep. of him, and that effect is really like subtle. It is, and I, and you know, again, I think in terms of 
you know, we spent a lot of time, a couple scenes prior, establishing how powerful Wolverine is. Mm -hmm. You know, he's his age, we can't even figure it out. He could be older than Professor X. So the fact that Rogue can merely by her touch basically sap all of his energy, he's rendered unconscious, opens these questions. Well, who's more powerful? And in the comics, you know, it's great. She is a incredibly powerful mutant because of this ability to steal powers. Right. I really also liked the look of not only what is she doing, but what is this sensation? Hugh sells that really well. Thank God we get good actors in superhero movies, uh-huh. right? Because we're going to watch some yeah, without that, and and that's not a fun experience. Do you think Russell mm-hmm. Crowe or Do Gary Scott could have sold just that moment? Let's just talk about that moment, not even the rest of the character, because I say no. I don't think Russell Crowe's a good actor with brooding and stuff sure, like that, sure. and no. he's gotten funnier with yep. time. Shout out to Nice Guys great movie could do gary scott uh, so i'm not a huge fan of him i'm a big fan of russell crowe mm-hmm. not a huge fan of do gary scott i don't know i i don't know if i'm trying to think if i've seen you see mission uh, impossible 2 yeah oh no i'm do, do gary scott I'm, I'm i'm writing up i'm thinking in terms of russell crowe like oh, in you know he does have some wistful or or melancholy moments in gladiator when he's thinking about his family but hugh jackman's a great actor god he's so good he's so good and he's he's he, great he is a national treasure and he's not even he's American. not even ours we'll take him <sighs> yeah now are we to the beat yeah the prison cell first oh right okay where uh bruce davidson leans his head against the bars and it squishes out not not a good effect does not hold up not the worst effect but it does have an odd moment at the beginning of the effect it's actually kind of cool the right? first like, time he leans through, yeah you're like it oh looks cool great. but then when he goes through <laughs> i'm like oh he's dory like he's a he's a dory fish whatever that the really skinny uh that would be a blue tang a blue tang i'm like oh he's a blue tang just keep swimming just keep swimming just keep swimming swim does he have the memory problems I, what does who have memory problems nice uh, so then, I, I had a problem with this. Magneto leans down. Senator, this is pointless. Where would you go? Who would take you in now that you're one of us? And then he kind of gestures to Sabretooth for <laughs> Sabretooth. I'll, I'll, I'll do Sabretooth. <laughs> So then Sabretooth goes to reach for him. He slips because he's all like gelatinous now. Right. He's, he tries he's to becoming Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> he tries to grab. He no longer has a helicopter. Oh, he's Stretch Armstrong. That was great. He grabs his um, sleeve of his, his jacket. And it rips. And Sabretooth just kind of pulls it up. And it's like the <laughs> moment. Bum, 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 bum. That was. Yeah. I'd stay in it. I that don't care. A, no, that, yeah. Come after us, CBS. And what does Magneto do? Lock him in there. What a dick. It's not his fault. If anyone's fault, it's Magneto's for the machine not working the right way. Well, I think the machine worked exactly the right way. Mm. The machine oh, was intended to- Oh, he goes, How are we feeling, Senator? At last, I hope. Right. The whole idea is that the machine jump ahead is going to create these artificial mutations in otherwise normal people, which he figures is dangerous. They're unstable. So then we are on the beach. Setting up the scene. What are we going to see? Here's a kid playing with a jellyfish on Tommy's the sand. Tommy's a dick. He's a dick. Dude, Tommy, that thing could sting you and it's going to hurt a Tommy lot. Tommy burns ants with magnifying glass. Tommy, 100%. Tommy grows up to be Jigsaw from the Saw oh, movie. He straight up murders people. <laughs> straight up. So and what do we have in the beach scene? Our first Stanley Lee Cameo. Excelsior. How did I miss Motherfucker. that? Motherfucker. Are you He's kidding? the hot dog vendor. Oh, my God. I So we Podca- have different processes. Podcast is over. It's over. It's over. Now it's done. Shut it off. We had a good run. Two and a half episodes. That's it. 
No, see, so we have different processes. I am taking notes on my Chromebook. You are writing them longhand. And so I unfortunately, I yeah, I I didn't pause there. Oh, I totally this missed is that. The, this is the first Stanley. Is it? Is yep. it really? This is of the quote unquote modern movies. Mm. I th- is mm. he in Blade? Oh, I don't. Mm, I don't know. Well, you know what? Don't look it up. We'll okay. find out when well, we watch oh, the movie. That's it's right. In Thor's it's helmet. In Thor's helmet. Okay. We'll get to it. The odd thing on the beach, there's a TV set because we hear a news story that's in progress talking about something being the subject of a UN summit mm. at Ellis Island. So it's very specifically picks up right after something was the topic. So I, I Yeah, that was a great little TV exposition. Yeah. Just a little just a little teaser just, just enough. enough. It's just it's a very small other than the fact movie. that I don't bring my TV set to the beach. But it's Stan Lee's. It's the hot dog. Vendors. Oh it's at the hot dog stand. Got it. Listen, okay. it's the beach. He's not always serving hot dogs. Got Stan it. Lee needs something to do. He's That's old. Right. He's the watcher. <gasps> oh sorry. Senator Kelly has seen better days. He's not looking good. He's a little he gilly. Need, he's a, he's gilly. Then we cut back to the school and things are bad. So so Rogue is okay. She's fine because she was able to absorb uh, Wolverine's mutant healing ability or mutant ah. mutant healing factor. Factor is factor. what it was in the yeah. comics. Yeah. yeah, she's fine. But Bobby Iceman, the boy that she seems to have a crush on, there's a connection there. Has some bad news for her. She used her Professor powers on another student. Uh, 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 another mutant. Another mutant. And the way he says mutant is really cool. You never use your power against another mutant. I never thought about that. There is another T. I always just said mutant. Mutant. Right. Like mutant. Mute. Yeah. Mute. No, it's the, but it's, it's mute. Yeah, he hits that mute T. Interesting. Tint. It's two T's. So he drives her off. She's heartbroken. Does better he? That you, well, because she, he, he does this. Spoiler alert. His eyes flash yellow. <gasps> and who's got yellow eyes? Mystique. Bum, bum, bum. Now, I will have some problems in a minute with this, but yes. Okay. So Mystique has infiltrated the school and has convinced Rogue that she should leave. I think it'll be easier on your own. It's really mean. I feel bad for this teenage girl, right? Oh, it's really dark if you think about this Super poor girl. Super dark. Like she's lost her family, and she's found potentially a new home here at this school, and now being told that, no, you're not good enough to be here. You should leave. Right. It's really sad. So then she runs away. Yep. They find out that she's gone. Where is she? Who? Rogue. She's gone. Clearly, if we didn't already pick up on the love triangle between Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Wolverine, like oh, yeah. it just really hammered home. Clearly, Wolverine's only known her for a matter of days. There's some spark between them. Also, a reference to the longtime love triangle in the comics mm-hmm. that those three specifically. Jean, I've gotta go. Uh, Cyclops is waiting for me. So am I. They find out that Rogue is gone. How is Professor X going to find her? Cerebro. Ooh, and what is Cerebro? Cerebro is one of his iconic devices. It's arguably as iconic as his wheelchair. So it's this massive computer. In the movie, it's the interior of a golf ball, basically this huge (laughs) empty sphere where there's this unsupported walkway that juts out into the middle of this hollow sphere. And he puts this metallic uh, headset piece on and it amplifies his telepathic abilities so he can read people's minds and signatures mutants have a distinctive mental signature and by amplifying his abilities using this machine he can see mutants everywhere again another effect that holds up we're closing in on people through mist isn't there shots in one of the harry potter movies where there's a similar type of people through the mist become distinct it feels like very pensive when someone looks at a pensive the memory is becoming more clear yeah it's all cloudy and and then it comes into 
focus. So we see this. There's people in fog, and mm-hmm. as the camera kind of darts from one to another, finally we see Rogue, and we see her. She is on a train. But before that, Wolverine says to Professor Xavier, why don't you use this machine to find Magneto? And what does he say? I've been trying, but he seems to have found some way to shield himself from it. There's just one little problem. When we move five movies ahead to first class, who helps to invent that? Oh, that's right. It's Professor Xavier. Continuity ever. So you're jumping ahead to first class. Yes. This is the helmet that Sebastian Shaw is wearing. Correct. But he figures it out there that it blocks Cerebro because he tries to use the Cerebro they have there to find Sebastian Shaw. But did you say that Xavier develops the helmet? I'm sorry. He doesn't develop it, but he figures out that when you wear the helmet, he can't get in. But wait. So X-Men First Class is supposed to have happened prior to now. In the 60s, Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. So Sebastian Shaw has this helmet, which limits Charles's ability to control him. He cannot do anything, yeah. So at the end of First Class, Magneto takes it, and he is still carrying that. I think we're we're okay timeline-wise. It's just the fact that Xavier doesn't understand why he's able to block him. He literally says, I've been trying. He seems to have found some way to shield himself from it. If he had just not said somehow, if he had just said he's wearing a helmet that blocks me out. Then that would be like, I know more about it. I'm not going to tell you all about it because you don't need to know, but just need to know that that helmet he's wearing stops it. Because it would have been, your average audience member would have just like, it's techno babble. Sure. But all the nerds in the audience would have gone, what's the the helmet? Because that's that's, Nito's helmet. That's canon. Oh, that's that's canon. canon. And also with that scene when they're outside Cerebro, Wolverine asks, have you ever used Cerebro? To Gene. To Gene. And Gene's like, it takes a degree of control. And uh, for someone like me, it's... And Cyclops goes, dangerous. Cyclops is a dick. The way he says dangerous to him is like how you say it to a child. Demeaning. You're You're saying it's demeaning. Yeah. Is that why she's oddly attracted to this man she's only just met? It's the sideburns. I don't think that's ever a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Professor X is using Cerebro. He gets a lock on Rogue and Wolverine's going after her. Right. How's Wolverine going to get there? His RV was wrecked when Sabretooth ambushed him. Uh, He could walk. Hmm. He can Wait, run. No, that's Batman. <laughs> oh, you know what he's going to do? What? He's going to steal Cyclops' motorcycle. Oh, that's what he's going to do. You know do. what? It's Cyclops' fault for leaving the keys in the ignition. Clearly. Where's my motorcycle? Now, what I love about that scene, he's driving down the roads of upstate New York. It's Westchester. It's upstate for a New York City resident. Right, but he, does he say Westchester in the movie? I know it's Westchester. It's, I thought he said it in upstate New York. You're in a, you're in a house in upstate New York. Yeah. Westchester, New York. But when he's riding this motorcycle, what's his grand idea? He sees a button that he doesn't recognize. What's he do? Press it. It can blow up <laughs> the fucking bike he's on instead it puts him into hyperspace right it's the hyperdrive that's right <laughs> so interesting little future connection right to a, a scene in a future movie troubled girl on a train wolverine's there with her but a fight breaks out and he's got to protect her the wolverine oh i haven't seen the wolverine since we saw it since we theater. saw it i have it's well we'll get there we'll get, the next we'll get there we'll get there though that is a very low bar that's true now mystique we know was previously on in the grounds of the of the school because she convinces rogue is to this leave. the thing you had the problem with yes she's there at that point and then we know she's still there because she's in the x bowels and she approaches the door to cerebro crouches down transforms herself into charles Ch- so that the retina scan will see her. She as goes Charles. in. Mm-hmm. Now she takes what I can only describe as a poison circuit that inject dark I dye. It, I had it that it is a uh, toad's poopy. <gasps> 
Oh, I did but, have a thought later. I'm like, could that be toad juice? Because he he's little, nasty. Little toad poopy. In a little there. toad poopy. She inserts this this booby trap basically into Cerebro. My question is: Is there any point in the movie at which we establish that Charles cannot see Mystique because he looks for Rogue Ooh. and he is scanning oh, that for is mutants? A huge mistake. And You're why does he? Right. Why is he not like? Uh, what is this mutant mind that I don't or recognize? sense it at least? Not even using Cerebro, wouldn't he well, sense? But. And if, if, if we're it, going with first class, sure, they're childhood they're, friends. He knows that. He he's like, like that's that is the. I sense something, a presence I've not felt since moment, or it should be yes. that moment, right? Like, oh, good yeah. call. All right, points yeah. to you. Thank you. She inserts her poison circuit and takes off. Um, now we're at the uh, really great scene at a train station, and we get this uh, pretty cool fight scene. What happens? Well, first, before that, there's a speech that I'm going to point out, just like you pointed out, Wooden Charles. That speech that Logan gives, while great. There's not many people that'll understand what you're going through, but I think this guy, Xavier, is one of them. He seems to genuinely want to help you, and that's a rare thing for people like us is completely out of character for Wolverine. In the comics, I feel like it would just be like, hey, bad shit happens to everybody. Suck it up, come back to the school. He's tender and loving to her. But not okay with this character, because this relationship, if you look back at canon, right, so that relationship between Wolverine and Rogue isn't canon. But Wolverine right. has this father figure for a younger female heroine. Oh, for So Jubilee. initially, well, even before that, it's actually Kitty Pride, Sprite, Shadowcat. Mm-hmm. There's a great four-issue miniseries, Kitty Pride and Wolverine. Yeah, it goes really deep into his backstory, uh, introduces a longtime epic nemesis villain. Really good. I'll have to check but, that out. And so that relationship first, and then later becomes you know Wolverine and Jubilee. But so as a comic reader, I saw that and immediately thought of, I mean, they established this earlier, right? Clearly mm-hmm. he feels this kind of paternalistic concern for her. It's a nice nod to this relationship that Wolverine has had in the comics many times. Okay, so what happens in this fight? It's a great fight. It's fun. Which is a great fight? The fight in the train station or the fight on the train? The fight in the train station. Storm is there at the train station (laughs) ticket taker being like describing Rogue. She's about 17. My height. Has brown hair. Walking up behind is Sabretooth. And the guy's just like, yeah, no, I'm totally listening to you. I don't see the giant walking up behind me. Doesn't he, at the last second? At the last oh, second the last reaction. Second. He's got the worst peripheral vision of all time. He has like 2200 vision. Like he cannot see this mountain of a guy who's literally throwing people out of the way right. in his approach to Storm. I, th- I just thought that was... It's a superhero movie. I want to see some superhero fights and this is one of them. He, he grabs her and pulls her in and very creepily... Scream for me. It's very it's, creepy. It's 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 got it's, it's got kind a of rapey vibe. Feel. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you gotta scream for me! Don't use your lightning on me. So then Cyclops runs over, and in the background, this is what makes Brian Singer a great director at this yep. time. You just see Toad crawl up the wall. Oh, it was so cool. Cool like, and creepy. Cyclops goes to shoot Sabretooth, but Toad takes off his visor and he puts a giant fucking hole in the top mm. of the and but that helps Storm because then Storm summons some lightning. Some lightning from the sky. Sabretooth. Did you notice that when Tyler Maine looked up and roared, you could see that he has fillings? No. It's the silver fillings. Interesting. I'm like, wait. Oh yeah, I did see he that. He wouldn't have fillings. He has um, healing factor. He does. And that's never explored in this movie. That no, he has he's 
this healing factor. Th- there's no relation to them. In fact, Wolverine doesn't recognize him, and, and Sabretooth doesn't give any indication. Now, well, he, we takes his, takes his he takes his tags, tags, but Sabretooth gives no indication that they have a history. Right. Now, we know why X-Men Origins offers an explanation on why Logan would not recognize the his brother. Yeah. Right. <sighs> That's, but, I think that's been retconned out. I don't think they're related anymore. I hope not. That was stupid. You remember the time when they were father and son? son yeah, oh. that was even worse. Yeah. In fact, I have a trading card on the back of Wolverine's that says Logan Creed. Oh. For the listener at home, Sabretooth's real name is Victor Creed. Does that train station look like the train station in Man of Steel where he kills Zod? <laughs> Because yes. I had that thought. It kind of, it's got that look, It's right? got to be some famous train station. That they can easily get. Right. Right. We're back on the train. They're going to leave, and Hugh Jackman gets up, and all of a sudden, the train just starts ripping apart, and Hugh Pretty is cool. shitting his pants. Yeah. And the interesting fact is, nobody told Hugh Jackman that the whole thing was going to rip apart. Come on. All he knew was that Magneto was going to do something to get into the train. He thought, like... The door was going to come off. Sure. So that reaction of Hugh Jackman. That's awesome. That is 100% genuine. What the fuck is happening right now? I need to go back and see that again. Oh, it's beautiful. Because you're just like, oh, that is actual fear in that man's face. Okay. That's like the scene in Die Hard when Hans Gruber's dropped. They dropped him on two. So as his eyes go (laughs) wide, he was waiting for three. so good. I hope that's not a hostage. No, but for real, rest in peace. Uh, I know, right? So good. So in this scene, Ian McKellen has his best line and his worst line. Oh, I didn't note either of these. The remarkable metal doesn't run through your entire body, does it? Oh, so good. I was like, (laughs) you're fucked right now. Oh, no. And then Hugh's reaction, because he stops him first from moving and then says that miraculous metal. And Hugh's look is like, yes, it does. (laughs) Oh no. <laughs> oh no. So that he picks him up, starts bending his claws, probably Can't messing be with fun. Right. throws Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Executioner song comics? You might have been out of comics. But I was out of comics. When he pulled out. Oh, I'm, his... I'm aware of that. When when we get the feral Wolverine, which well, I hate. Well, we get feral Wolverine, but before then we get bone claw Wolverine, which oh, is yeah. pretty cool. Oh, I thought those were the same. Those happen at different times? Different times. He okay. goes feral and then gets Got an adamantium. I, I, hate, I hate both of those for what it's oh, worth. Oh, I love the bone claw. No, it, it I hate makes, the bone claw. Well, it, it's a good retcon because why would they, when they're putting this metal thing inside of him, be like, oh, we're also going to give him claws. We're not putting claws in this guy. All right. He's got to already we'll have them to make it make sense. And, but then the worst line, Wolverine says, What the hell do you want with me? And he said, Whoever said I wanted you. Throws him like six rows back. Bro <laughs> just tries to run away in the worst way right. possible. I'm like, Bro, where are you going? He's got some sort of vial, sticks it with her. She falls over. And what does he say? Young people. Uh, young that, people? That's a, that is a bad line. What? Because he couldn't say kids because. Wolverine's not a. Right. I mean, McKellen's so good with like uh, those kind of facial so expressions. Basically, literally any other line would have worked. There. It doesn't even have to have a line. He could have just gone, huh. right. Okay. And made a face. Made the Ian McKellen. That's <laughs> so stupid. Nice. Magneto's won. He's won this battle. Yes, he's, he's got, got Rogue. He's got Rogue, and clearly Rogue, confirming Professor X's theory, Wolverine was not who he was not after. Professor X is so smart. He's so smart. So he goes to leave the train station. So we've got Magneto accompanied by Sabretooth and Toad carrying Rogue. 
they walk out the bag. front door. It, it looks like a body bag, yeah. <laughs> they walk so... out the front door, and everyone except the National Guard has been called out. There is everyone there. Everyone the, is there. The entire police department of whatever town this is in. And adjoining towns, and, and the FBI, so and is this maybe like snipers. In, is this like in Die Hard with a Vengeance? That's the second Die Hard reference of this podcast. But in Die Hard with <laughs> a Vengeance, where he sends all the cops downtown, and so there's just fucking rioting, because like, there's sure. no cops! Let's this is- do this thing! It's Christmas! You could steal City Hall! Oh, yeah. The rest of the town They're going to go fucked. back to their They're- towns, and it's going to be on fire, and like, oh, oh, damn it. Jesus Christ. The rest of the town is fucked. Yes. Every cop is there. So, the one cop says, put your hands up in McKellen's face. That's the face he should have given for the young people line. Like, sure. All right. And yeah. flips his hands up, and two cop cars just go flying in the air. It's a cool effect. And then he brings them down, and they smash, and then they go to leave. And for some reason, Sabretooth grabs Magneto by the throat. Why? It's a cool moment. Well, Sabretooth speaks. That's enough, Eric. <gasps> what? And then Toad turns to him and says, Let them go. And then there is this great line when Magneto's like, Let them pass that law, and they'll have you in chains with a number burned into your forehead. That's is that the, the mutant? There's the mutant island in the comic. Genosha. Is that where they get the numbers burned to their foreheads? So I took that as a reference to the concentration camps. The forehead was seems odd. So maybe maybe there is a reference. Do you know the character the- Wolfsbane? Yes, yes. She got part of the and, new mutants, and she got a number. A cover is her getting a number burned into her head, and she had it for a long time. Mm. So that's, I think that's what that was a reference to because this was Joe Quesada, nineteen ninety five, yeah. mutate four ninety. Joe Quesada, now the editor in chief at Marvel Comics. Yeah. And a great artist. Yep. So I think that's a reference to that. And then Magneto kind of calls Xavier's and kill me and find out. And he starts to make Toad walk away, and Magneto says, Fine. Cocks a gun with his magnet powers. Yep. Really cool. And shoots one of the cops and for a second we think he's dead and then it shows the bullet is just spinning right on the end of his forehead and that guy the therapy bills that dude's gonna have <laughs> is gonna bankrupt that police yeah, department because right. it's an on the job oh that's definitely thing. compensable so, absolutely oh my god I just like, oh, that guy's going to be in therapy for the rest of his life. You know, again, an effect that holds up. And it is creepy You know, when all the guns are taken from the law enforcement officers, but then immediately basically uh, turn around. Yeah, turn on every single person. It, it, oh. it's, that's a cool effect. That one holds up. Well, I think they're literally just hanging on fish wire. Me but too. But it looks great. But it looks great. So Ooh. it's it's a standoff. Will Charles let Magneto kill these law enforcement officers to stop him? Spoiler. No, he won't. So he, then they leave on... The Kellycopter. The Kellycopter. Oh, my. I'm so excited that the Kellycopter showed up again in this movie. Just so that you can say that again? Fuck yeah. (laughs) We are now back at the mansion. Wolverine's not happy. He is pissed. He's pissed. Wolverine's washing his face. A great trope in movies. I'm so frustrated with life, I'm going to splash water in my face. (laughs) Has that ever calmed anyone down? No. I do it sometimes in the morning to wake up, but it's never going to work. It's not relaxing. Right before bed, you don't like to throw water at your face well he and i love that he throws throws and then grabs the towel and just like blurp. he just blops his face once throws it down like your hands are still wet he's angry he's, he's so angry, angry. i'm gonna have wet hands and then there's an argument in logan's room he goes to leave storm awkwardly walks out of the room the heels they had on halle berry because she's so short right to put her in frame with everybody She's walking out. She's like, 
I can't walk <laughs> in these things. My only note here was Wolverine's no joiner. This is the, you know, he's had enough, he's leaving. And well, this I, is the, the great scene with the... You know, Magneto's right. There's a war coming. You sure you're on the right side? Storm, right back at him. At least I've chosen a side. Halle Berry's great African you, accent. You know, she's better than I remember. You know, watching this, I didn't, meh. But the bar was not, I, I mean, I feel like Storm is, is not a character that was even approached properly <laughs> with the idea of maybe we should develop this character. She gets no character development She's so cool in the comics. She, she is. married to oh. Black Panther for a time. She leads the- X-Men Gold. But even before that, she, the- um, Oh, the people- the Mutants look- in the- in the uh, under in the tunnels there, right? She beats Callisto to become the leader of the Mordocks. Morlock no, Mordocks. Marauders? No, not the Marauders. Those are the ones that kill everybody. Oh right. Whatever. You yeah. Know, look it up, nerds. Right. But she is this really cool character in the comics. And I sure. feel like she'd almost be better off not in the movie. But you need X Men. I mean, you need enough of them. They're supposed to be a team. I'm gonna go with you on that. She could have not been in the movie and her dialogue could have been divvied up to divvied somebody up, else. Yeah. You know, I not that we don't need that representation because Storm is a kick-ass character. We just didn't sure. get the we, proper. Right. She's almost like just a prop. You know what I mean? I, and I hate to say that, but she's, she's a fern. She's a fern. As we were watching this, the challenge of doing a team movie and doing any kind of character development when you've got four, five, six characters that you want to establish. Yeah. Not a problem in Avengers because they didn't do that in one movie, right? right. So, spoiler, they develop these characters ahead of time and then bring them together, which I think will be a problem when we see a certain DC movie later and, uh, this year. You son of a... <laughs> Bitch, wait a minute. We have seen three of those characters in either their own movie or in a joint movie. Three of them. And we've only got three more on the team. What else do you need to know about Cyborg except he's a cyborg? The listen, Flash runs fast. Listen, if they can pull it off, they'll get credit for they're it. They're gonna. Because you just, know who's now writing and directing the movie? Joss Whedon. The King. Well, yeah. I can't wait for the Marvel nerds to try and bash that movie. And I'm going to go, but it's Joss Whedon. Fair point. But I think Storm is the epitome of this problem with this team movie. We're, right. We're we're meeting everybody, and how do you give them more than a couple minutes? Even Cyclops gets a moment where we get a glimpse at who he's at, but Storm is the one. Storm, we get nothing. Nothing. She might as well be a set piece. We don't get the fact that she's claustrophobic. That she's a, we don't that get she that she's was a worshipped queen. as a goddess. She's uh, worshipped as, as a goddess. Yeah. So none of that. So maybe, anyways, maybe some point they'll actually get that character right. Uh, maybe. So highly doubtful. So Wolverine goes to leave after this arguably Storm's best line in the movie. Mm-hmm. The one line. Opens the door and there is Senator Kelly, mm-hmm. aka the Fishman. Human he's sponge. not looking great. Somehow he's, he's not, got clothes though. He's gotten. He looks worse than he did on the beach. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm looking for Doctor Jean Grey. Falls into Logan's arms and Logan's like, "My hands are wet now." Oh wait, my hands were already wet. So we 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 see them flash ahead into the lab. So they've got Senator Kelly down in the lab. Gene right. is working on him. Professor X goes into Senator Kelly's mind to see mm-hmm. where he's been. We get the glimpses of the machine. We figure out that the machine weakens Magneto, so he's going to try and find Rogue again. We had that scene where he's he's afraid and he's has opens up the storm. Again, an opportunity for Storm to be interesting as a character? Nope. She's like and I'm, she run, gonna- literally runs out of the room like afraid. I'm going to blame Halle Berry because mm. even the... Do you hate normal people? Sometimes. Oh, there's so many layers you could have to that. I, like, she could have been embarrassed by the fact she's admitting that she hates humans. Yep. But it's just... Sometimes. That's fair. Um, so they're arguing again. They ha- they, so they, again, do the fla- again. they do the flash. They're up trying to figure it out. They're having uh, the uh, law and order scene. <laughs> 
They're arguing, and that's where they're going to get suited up, and Logan's... And the hours don't want to give the train station a new sunroof, pal. And then that's the line. Why don't you take your little mission to stick it up here? In runs Storm, uh-huh. and she says... Senator Kelly is dead. So then Professor Xavier gets pissed, and is like, I'm going to go try and find her on Cerebro. Looks at Scott and Logan and goes... Settle this. Right. So cool. Like, that is that the is a authoritative... Great tries to use Cerebro, and he gets a little poopy on his brain. Yes, the poison circuit that Mystique inserted. <laughs> the poopy circuit? The poopy circuit, yes. Yeah, yours is better. It's the poopy circuit. So you got Kelly Copter and poopy circuit. Those are going to be the hashtags for this episode. That's right. It affects Professor Xavier, and he goes in and gets and the poopy And then we get the poopy brain. circuit. Right. <laughs> He's in a coma. And this is Cyclops' this little glimpse. Mm-hmm. Professor X was a father figure to him. Yeah. And if, and and if this yeah. is the end, you know, Cyclops is going to step up, and he will take care of the rest of them. You can still hear me, can't you? You've taught me everything in my life that is ever worth knowing. If anything happens, I'll take care of them. It was a really touching moment. I and it that. was. What we get in that scene is definitely classic Cyclops. 100%. He feels the weight of responsibility. And while he's doing this, what is Jean doing? She's flushing the toilet. She flushes the poopy circuit. And it's such a weird effect because it's clearly just the poopy going into... <laughs> The thing in reverse. in reverse, it just reversed the effect. <laughs> oh, it's so bad! And how does she know Cerebro is working again? Better. The lights are coming on. That's right. She That's looks. Right. She's like, "Oh, good. The the track lights are coming on. Clearly, my work is done. No poopy in the water tank. <laughs> no poopy. What's her great thought then? I'm going to put on Cerebro. Didn't you like twenty it's minutes ago say dangerous? It's, didn't you say it's dangerous? Or yeah. didn't your boyfriend say it's dangerous? But that's what is he know? running? Where she's got it on and she's trying to figure stuff out and Cyclops is walking onto the infirmary and looks down there. His no. running down, that's some good acting from James Marsden. You know he's like he you can feel the terror. I you know, I feel like he's a better actor than he looks like in this movie. I like James Marsden. Yeah, I do. That's actor. what I mean. Like, you know, this is not a Cyclops movie. I mean, you're excited to be in this movie if you're Professor X or you're Magneto or you're Wolverine. The end. <laughs> The rest it's is a like a very uh, short list, yeah. yeah. So he goes in, he sees that she's in there, and he's like, Jean, That's me. Please. She says, I know where Magneto's going. So they suit up. Suit up! Now the giant butt plug is again being brought in. I got you with that one. Nice. Son of a bitch. Yep. I noted this as a departure from canon. Rogue is awake, she's in the ship. That they're going to Ellis Island, clearly. Now we know Um, that. We see this shot of the Statue of Liberty. And I think at that point, it's obvious that what we saw Toad painting is going to be somehow part of the Statue of Liberty torch. Rogue asks, are you going to kill me? And he says very plainly, this is my problem. So in the comics, Magneto is a racial hero. He's a protector of mutant kind. His uh-huh. whole raison d'etre is to protect Homo superior from Homo sapiens, right? Like, that's his goal. To sacrifice, I, I feel like that piece doesn't work for me. And, and it's a one bad bounce for me in what is otherwise arguably the best villain Marvel has put on screen so far. Well, in the movie version. Couldn't you go with the Star Trek? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So for Magneto to, to kill the law enforcement officers to protect a handful of mutants, absolutely. In fact, he, but fam- he doesn't, in he the doesn't comics, think he famously them. sinks a fully manned Russian subs, declares war. But he doesn't think of Homo sapiens as... That's the thing. It, that's fine, and that's not and that's murder in the sense. And but that's what I'm saying. Killing Rogue will... That, see, that so, pe- so we're not going with the needs of the few? 
No, not not if it's a, the many. Not if it's the needs of the few or the one. Right, it, not the one. If that one is a mutant, it doesn't. It, okay, you know, I'll take that. Yeah, that's some good. I, if is she, that head cannon or we just? No, I mean, I I think that's a defining trait of Magneto throughout the comics. I mean, there might be a run where maybe he is he is he willing to kill anyone, but that's his defining feature. Because you know, there's a point in the comics where he takes over the school. To carry on Charles' mission to protect mutants. He has that flip-flop is, between villain and hero. That beat, I didn't like. That That okay. part didn't work for me. But, okay. So, now we've got the planning scene. Now it's the movie trope, the <sighs> uh, the planning over the sandbox. Except and, this time the sandbox is high-tech. And couldn't this have been done on the jet while they were flying? <laughs> you know what happens with that briefing that you're proposing? You get Sabretooth's reaction in a few minutes when he finds out that he is bodyguard for Magneto after <laughs> Magneto's going to be confused. And you noted this. You're like, he looks like he heard that for the first time. And he's like, what yeah, he's the like, f- And you stay here. Once I give my power to the girl, I'll be temporarily weakened. You'll be my only defense. And he's like, this is fucking news to me, man. So you know who briefed on the way? Magneto, because mm-hmm. Sabretooth did not. So that's if if you want to half-ass it like that, then that's what you're going to get. That's true. They should have had a little bit before. Yeah, yeah, you you brief before you go in. Um, they talk about how they're going to come in, do all this stuff. We can insert here at the George Washington Bridge. Come around the bank, just off of Manhattan. We land on the far side of Liberty Island. There's this mention of won't radar and Scott again proving that Scott is a dick in this movie. If they have anything they can pick up our jet, they deserve to catch us. Okay, douche. All right, right yeah. you fucking douchebag. We are back on the ferry, and there's a guard just waving from outside. He's like, hello. And who is that guard? Did not recognize that until you pointed out. Ladies and gentlemen, that guard that is <laughs> killed by Sabretooth, it's D.B. Sweeney. Great actor. He was up for the part of Cyclops. I purposely didn't mention it at the beginning of this. And when he didn't get it, he was such a fan. He was like, can I just be anything in the movie? And they're like, you can be killed at the end. Yes, I'll do it. I love the X-Men. That's great. Like, dude, hold out for another movie. Right. Maybe there's a part coming right. down the pike that right. you could play. Could you be Angel? Right? Could you do something? I a mean, little old. A little, a little old. old. Yeah. He could have been... Um, mm, nope. Let's not. Nope. Okay. There's yeah. nobody. There's okay. nobody. All right. No, yeah. So I guess, yeah, that's your best bet. Yeah. Sabretooth kills one and then grossly Toad just crushes another guy and the noise it makes. It's, oh, it's so gross. This is the point, I think, where this is laying the groundwork for eventually Toad is moist from Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Yeah, he's totally. He's this repulsive creature. Yeah, that, that squish is not that good. Squ- and then he does it again. He squishes someone else. <laughs> They're on the Blackbird, and Wolverine's like, you know, making fun of the leather costumes. You actually go outside in these things. What would you prefer? Yellow spandex? Another nod to comics. And there's a cut scene, and I wish it was in the film, where Scott gets the Cyclops moment. He's like, Logan, if we do this, we do it as a team. Are you going to have a problem taking orders? Totally like, there's no team more leader. bullshit between sure. us right now. We're going on a mission. I'm in charge. And uh, he's like, I don't know. Give me one. And he shows him his costume. Put this on. And he says, "Who's is it?" Some comics like that's one of mine. So that's why you see the scene of Wolverine like trying to stretch it out, being like, "Oh, it's so tight on me because you're such a little weakling." That would have actually set that line up better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as it is, the line is a nice nod to the comics because shout out to your brother. That's right. Sorry, Mana. Oh, this is where we get the whole plan of what's going to happen. Sure, sure, I'm sure. I'm going to turn this device on. It's going to get all these people that are over uh, Ellis Island on Ellis Island. Because they're on Liberty Island, right, where the statue is. Right, they're on Liberty, yeah. And my note here was, this is a big plot hole for me, so he's going to take care of all these people and everyone's going to be equal. I'm sorry, no. 
they're still going to hate you because you turn them into these mutants. They're going to be like, oh, we hate you even more now. You have powers. We have powers. But you gave us these powers. We're still going to revolt against you. And now we have powers to fight you. It's a big plot hole. Is the idea, I thought his idea was to kind of like thin the herd because it's an unstable mutation. Does he know he's killing them? Because later when Storm says, Senator Kelly's dead, I saw it. He says, are you sure you saw what you saw? Makes it seem like, oh, he just turned into water, but he's going to be back. (laughs) He is not. So we're all going to be the same. Hmm. That's an, but we're all going to be the same, but we're, there's going to be the people that were mutants before. Right. And like real mutants and synthetic mutants. And the, mm. the sin mutes, let's just. Oh. The sin wow. mutes are going to be mad at the mutants. Yep. Because, especially Magneto, because they're sin mutes. I just, I really think that that's a kind of a plot hole. So I think then I guess I'm even more unhappy with this idea that he's going to sacrifice a mutant rogue to make everyone else mutants. Oh, boy. Yeah, All right. That, that whole. Okay. A yeah, big, that's a that's a pretty thin. There's a lot of pieces that have to. Yeah. Yeah. All so right. then they're on Liberty Island. Really fun sequence in the museum, right? The museum yeah. on Liberty Island. Wolverine goes through the metal detector. It blares. He slams it with his claws. They all look back at him, and he puts down his two outer claws to make it a middle finger. So he gives him the middle claw. He He gives gives Cyclops Cyclops kind of glares at him, Mm -hmm. and he gets the middle claw. Does he glare? We can't see his eyes. Oh, Oh. see, that's how good of an actor James Mars. Yeah, you definitely know. Like, dude, come on. And then a great sequence that really takes advantage of Mystique's shape-shifting mm, right which is a lot of fun where i have another problem it's it's almost like a version of the british farce where they're popping in and out of doors and like every <laughs> and all i could picture was the benny hill music so here's my problem yeah wolverine mystique walks up mm-hmm. pops her claws it's mystique as wolverine right theoretically and, theoretically telling cyclops to be careful he right. turns around and then real wolverine tackles mystique wolverine they start fighting. They're in a different like section. They both yell, wait. She cuts the cables, which means that her claws are strong. But then he slices them off a couple of seconds later. Well, I think it's a Could question. she have killed Cyclops with those claws? Oh, it's, absolutely. It's a T-1000 situation? I, yes. I okay. think So I think her claws, her, you know, she can shift into claws. They're not actual adamantium like Wolverines are, so they're but not. they would have still but, stabbed him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because right. otherwise, what's she doing? She's not going to punch him. But then she she's cuts, going in to stab. But then she cuts the electrical cable. Right. So they're that's clearly, her hand. Wouldn't she get electrocuted? Well, she cuts the electrical cable and runs away. Maybe not. Mm. Maybe not. That's your <laughs> that's that's your problem with it. Yeah. Just the okay. fact that these claws are sometimes strong enough, sometimes not. It's I, a cool moment when he cuts them well, off and she yells in her own voice. Yeah. So I think that's an acknowledgement that they're ultimately still her body. Yeah. But she's a shapeshifter. I'm okay with the fact that she can. Shouldn't she be like a couple talons? inches shorter the rest of the movie because she, lost, she lost that part of that body? I'd like to see like one ear clipped. Like she had this like <laughs> clipped ear. Yeah. So it's interesting. I like, I, again, like Rebecca Romaine Stamos mm-hmm. in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. She's great. Her fighting style is so cool. It, it is. But the, what doesn't work for me in the fight is the wire work. The wire work does not hold up for we me. We were, just like we were talking about with the bullet time, we were mm-hmm. just getting into wire work oh, here yes. in America. You can see. Right, right. And but it, Mystique, or Mystique. Matrix does it so well. Because they got the guys from Hong right. Kong. They who got did the real it. guys. They just got some American guys like, yeah, we can do yeah, wire put work. A wire up there. Yeah. No, you know yeah, what? You bad. can't. It, you can't. And this shows it because the wire work in Matrix is beautiful. Oh, absolutely. It's it's artwork. This is 
this is the exact opposite. This would this would be the example of what not to do. To the point so where bad. the fight between Toad and Storm that happens mm-hmm. looks shitty. Yeah, oh yeah. Because yeah. he's using so much wire work. And Ray Park's a very athletic dude. He's a martial arts expert. I mean, he's it's, great. And yeah. it looks like the whole flip and everything, just because they're doing wire work, looks... Just yeah. let Ray Park do a flip, yeah. and you'll be fine. So when it's Wolverine fighting Mystique as Wolverine, we're seeing two Wolverines. That's a cool effect. That's a very cool effect. Um, when she transforms back to her natural form, she's got this kind of cool fighting style. Like mm-hmm. um, The wire work doesn't hold up, but I like her. But... <laughs> oh no um, so i'm like okay i'm good with that we then progress you just mentioned toad and storm this is the worst line in the movie which it is a joss whedon line everybody i feel better hearing that it was intended to be flippant uh-huh because that makes sense sure but to your point the problem is that's not how they shot it yeah it is way too melodramatic do you know what happens to a toad when it's <laughs> So bad. so bad. Now, let's jump back just a second. When Toad thinks he first disposes of Storm, mm-hmm. and she comes back up through the elevator. Oh, I missed that. What does he say? Don't you people ever die? <laughs> Such a, it's a call to the fact that no one stays dead in the X-Men universe. Sure, that's true. Xavier's died 14 times, easily. He has straight up been murdered. And almost every time that he dies, when he comes back, he can walk for like a day or two. Right. Like. I know he's a fictional character. That's a dick move, right? It's like, I'm back. I can walk. Burp, nope. Can't anymore. He's like the uh, the guy that runs the newsstand in Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> Ray yeah. from My Favorite Martian. Yes. Ray Walton. Yeah. But yeah, he gets hit in the head in the papers. I can see, but I can't hear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Oh, Johnny Professor Dangerously. X. Yeah. So they go up to the top of the Statue of Liberty, which, by the way, Todd, have you ever been to the top of the Statue of Liberty? I the have head? not. It's not that big. Really? Oh, it's not even close. You can't fit three people standing <laughs> like that. Now, they've blown a part of it open, so sure. maybe, but I'm just like, that's not at all. And it's not like something, like, it's not like we're doing a movie in Egypt and we're guessing. Sure. It sure. is a structure that is there right now. <laughs> well known. Send we a can, PA. That's right. Send some, Measure. send an intern. Like, one, hey, one guy with a tape. That's right? all you need. It's really, really bad. They're there and Wolverine, it's great lines. That, Everybody get out of here. That's that is a good line. That's a great way of right. just being like, just he's, get out of here. He's coming. Yep. And then the dialogue well, here is a little. I, I'm sorry. Shoddy. I, we need to step back because okay. because we're skipping over one of the best lines in the movie. The toad line? No, no, no. No, so, no, no one of the best. <laughs> you son of a bitch. One, one of the best lines. So the X Men have been. They've split up the party, which oh, is never a good idea, right? right. Unlike what Scooby Doo would tell us, you never split up the party. Right. They've done it. So now they're coming back together, and you add in a, a shapeshifter into the mix. You never know what's going to happen. So Storm comes out. She walks up to Wolverine, and all of a sudden he stabs her. Wolverine has figured it out. He smelled it. It's Mystique. I know, but there's a problem. But for a second, you think it's Mystique you, that you, stabbed Storm. Sure, sure. You're like, oh, no. And then he says, you're not part of the group. That's right. And then she transforms back. She's got everything. Her. And he, you know, in a dark move, he was ready to kill her because he straight up stabbed her. But we then see Wolverine joining Storm and Cyclops. Yes. And uh, oh. and oh, Cyclops. Wait. So Wolverine comes around the corner. Hey, hey, it's me. Prove it. You're a dick. Okay. What? The- and Famke Jansen's Jansen, whatever, whichever way it's pronounced. I'm sorry, I don't know what it is. Famke Jansen. Famke Jansen. Um. 
her reaction is like, I love him. Yeah. She's so schoolgirl crush <laughs> at the moment. Like, you call my boyfriend a dick. Right. <laughs> I love you now. Okay, so then so, they so go up to the top. So now we go up to the top. So yep. they're at the top of the Statue of Liberty. Magneto <laughs> comes in. He slams Wolverine, gets everybody else there. The dialogue there is a little clunky. Yeah. The you know I'm willing to forgive the dialogue because it's such a clever way of neutralizing everybody, right? So right, um, he's he's captured them all in a way that they cannot use their powers. Right, he puts Cyclops and Jean facing each other, takes away his visor, so Cyclops has to keep his eyes closed. Slams everyone against the um, the exterior, this the, copper uh, yeah structure, and, and, and so <laughs> Scott says, "Storm, blast him with lightning," and he goes, "A bolt of lightning into a huge copper conductor." I thought you lived at the school. That's right. Pins Wolverine up against the wall. Right. And then forces his fists against his chest so that if Wolverine pops his claws, he's stabbing himself right through the chest. Right. Really clever. I was really like, great. I love that. Yeah, it was good. Just yeah. a couple of those lines were a little hokey. A little, a little hokey. So then he goes, he's like, I'm going to go up and, and kill all these hu- uh, humans or turn all these humans into mutants. We haven't decided I, which one he was doing. I have a great note. Wolverine hits Magneto in the psychic nuts. He oh, calls yeah. him out for endangering Rogue. You're so full of shit. If you were really so righteous, it'd be you and that thing. Uh, Magneto raises himself up. We see Rogue has been strapped to the machine in the torch. The bottom of the torch falls away. Uh-huh. It's this gyroscope-looking thing that's gonna. It's gonna spread the sperm bubble, and uh, so Magneto goes up, and he's going to transfer his powers to rogue so that she can use all the powers to generate this massive bubble right but the teams they're still trapped how are they going to free themselves wolverine's got nothing else to do he the look hugh jackman gives like i gotta do this and then he screams stabs himself through the chest to the back because that's will break the metal girders that are holding him in place and he falls to the ground and my note here is Sabretooth is a fucking idiot because <laughs> Sabretooth has some sort of heightened senses sure not really divulged in this movie but he just walks up over to him like oh he just stabbed himself i've seen him take worse hits in this movie and been fine i'm gonna try and lift him up and he gets stabbed and thrown away he kind of deserves it he gets stabbed thrown away up to the top of the statue of liberty a fight ensues up there now during that fight in the actual movie some of the wire work when tyler main threw hugh jackman Mm -hmm. he was wearing a harness and got his testicle caught in it oh so is that, is that scream an actual? Is that like the, it's not in the film? No, it's not because the film. but they thought he was just acting at first, and then he was just kind of hanging there with his testicle caught, and had to be like, <laughs> um, "I'm in immense amounts of pain." Oh, oh, let's go! Oh God, no! <laughs> that oh, oh, that sounds horrible and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> That's on par with Viggo Mortensen. Oh, breaking his toe, yeah. breaking his toe and screaming, which they leave in the film is. Wonderful. I love it. So then, fight between Sabretooth and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Sabretooth tries to throw Wolverine off of the Statue of Liberty, and it, the worst effect it, in the movie is him spinning it, around one of the points of her crown and landing again. You know what that was? That was the equivalent of the Batmobile shooting the grappling hook out to take that really tight 90-degree turn. That yes. was exactly the effect. Like he's, as his claws are slicing through the crown, 
Apparently, it's slowing him enough that he's he's rotating to come back around. Which, if it's the strongest and sharpest metal on the planet, wouldn't it just slice right through that? that? Well, yes. there'd be no resistance. I, yeah, it's an interesting thing, but it, it it's it's an odd moment. So then they fight a little more. He throws him off again. Wolverine stabs into the side of the thing, almost killing Scott and Jean. Right. And then Wolverine, which are, they're surprisingly stoic about, like yeah. oh, well, that gets a little face, like ah. <laughs> Sabretooth jumps back down, goes over to Storm, cradles her face, and goes, You owe me a scream. Again, very rapey. And you're just kind of like, aren't you supposed to be watching? Okay. Yeah. If this was Walking Dead and Magneto was Negan, that guy's uh, Sabretooth. Uh, oh, he definitely was would get dead. a knife right to the throat. He, yeah, yeah. At best, at S- best, he's getting the iron. Spoiler alert or The Walking Dead. We're just spoiling everything. Yeah. So then, my favorite moment every time I watch this movie, I get a little woohoo. Down jumps Wolverine, and what does he say? Hey, Bob, I'm not finished with you yet. Like, yeah. He said the thing that he says in the comics. Right. He said, "Bub, bub." And apparently, throughout the movie, Hugh Jackman had been just kind of ad libbing it into the movie, and they had edited it all out because they're like, they, they're just like, "Whoa, we can't have you saying bub." so fucking much we'll give you the one at the end yeah the one is all you need every time i saw it in the theater that got applause in the comics it's his signature line yes right absolutely you know what i like in that sequence they're still stuck how do they get free wolverine as he comes down has cyclops's visor which miraculously he just got from somewhere we yeah. don't see where well, he gets it. just he's falling off we don't know we no, don't know boy. you dropped something but he's got it, and he kind of like tosses it into the air. Gene grabs it, brings it over in front of Scott's eyes, but turns it. Now, again, breaking canon, really, those allow him to open his eyes. So they, it's, it, the, they're not the material, prisms. Yeah, the material. They're not prisms, but it's so cool. So basically, she does a bank shot and uses that to set up the worst special effect in the movie. Again, straight up murders. Straight Except, yeah. Well, they don't know he has that power. They don't but, know that he's going to survive that blast. Well, that's true. That yeah, wall. that's fair. That's Sabretooth true. is straight. And he's for ne- all intents true. and purposes, he is murdered. He's yeah, dead. True. You never see him the rest of the movie. Oh, good Toad point. and Sabretooth are killed in this movie by our heroes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now we've got this whole thing. So they're in the head of the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. All the action's happening up at the Crown. Storm, who we've seen like rising on currents and controlling currents, apparently does not have enough control to get somebody up there. Cyclops, so it's too far of a shot. He can't risk it. If he hits the machine, it'll explode, killing Rogue. Right. What is Wolverine's plan? Well, we'll use the wind to push me up. And Cyclops' great add to it was... Gene, use your power. Try to steady him. Time out. <laughs> Let's just take a pause. Of course she's going to use her powers. She's a goddamn mutant. That's right. That's just right. say, Gene, steady him. Right. The audience knows she has those powers at this point. We've watched uh, a two-hour movie to figure this are, out. Are you afraid that if he doesn't say that, she walks over and like like tries to give him <laughs> like, a hug? Like, like this, Scott? And then they just straight right. up start making out. Right. No, Gene. Ah, oh, damn it. No, your powers. So Wolverine gets shot up to Magneto. Mm-hmm. And is going to attack the machine. Magneto sees him and is now controlling magnetic fields to to stop Wolverine. And before he goes up, he says, If I don't make it, then at least you can still blast the damn thing. They're going to sacrifice themselves if Wolverine can't stop it. I thought that was like lark in this first movie. So it doesn't work. Magneto's bending his claws. They are like full on bendy straws. It's not fun. It looks painful. It does not look fun. And the sperm bubble is getting closer and closer to Alice. Right on the edge of penetrate the egg of Ellis Island. And that's the low point of this episode, everyone. 
cool nod to the comics. Rogue gets that. So she is being drained by this powering this machine. She gets this white streak in her hair, which is a characteristic look in the comics. Right. So then uh, Cyclops says, I have a shot. I'm taking it. And the way they frame it makes it look like he's going to hit the sperm bubble generator. Mm-hmm. But what does he hit? Oh, he hits Magneto's arm. Ah. Knocking him out. The magnetic field around Wolverine stops and Wolverine knocks out the sperm bubble generator and it ah! comes because <laughs> it just goes. It's a full up. release. It is a full oh, release. Yes. And so the X-Men have saved the day. Oh, they saved the day, but Rogue dead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh. you don't you don't generate a sperm bubble that size. And Unless, if only we had some inkling of how she might survive such a traumatic experience. Well, and that's what I love. He goes there, he knows that she's dead, <laughs> and without even thinking, sure. takes off his glove, touches her to try and get it. He's yep. like, I can do this again. That's a really nice scene. And I like that we still see that horror on his face. And the sadness. It's- and in other X-Men movies, sometimes Hugh's reaction to that kind of stuff gets a little melodramatic. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Last Stand. <laughs> I thought he did a really nice job of, you see the, um, if I hadn't gone to that train station and brought her back, she would probably still be alive kind of vibe, you know? But then as he's doing that, what happens? Gashes start showing up on his face. Blood starts draining out of his costume. I'd probably push it to a PG-13 rating right there. I that didn't was notice gross. that, yeah. Right out of the back of his costume. Oh, nice. like, oh Jesus. So, so even though they were healed, it's almost like, well, they were healed so recently that, that losing that power is going to reopen the, all reopen the wounds. Reopen all those wounds. And she comes back to life. He passes out. And then we're back at the mansion. And now everything's fine. Everything's fine. Jean is, again, looking at Logan's wounds. They've all healed. Mm-hmm. She's checking them. Cute little moment. She rubs one of his ribs. He gently grabs her. Oh, that tickles. <laughs> I was like, oh, you're nice. ticklish. That's adorable. That's adorable. He's like, well, you know, how's Rogue? She's like. She took on a few of your more charming personality traits for a while, but we lived through it. So to your point, when you said the white streak, I wish Rogue had grown mutton chops. Oh, and we no, got that no. scene of her just sitting there like rage filled with giant mutton chops. Wouldn't that have been great? That would have been funny as an outtake, but not in the movie. No, that's a no. That's oh, a hard a, no. That's, a, that's hard a hard no. A little housekeeping stuff. Clearly, they're keeping the doors open. We see a news report of Senator Kelly, who we know is dead because we saw him turn to water. Uh-huh. Eyes flash yellow. Mystique is there. And there's where you get your PG-13 rating because what is Scott's reaction? Son of a bitch. Ah, that's three square three swears that will give you a PG thirteen rating in twenty minutes in this movie. They were doing so well. They were like, oh, we're maybe they got to this point in filming the movie because the son of a bitch is definitely eighty yard. So maybe they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, we're still to PG. Quick, quick, throw in a swear. Another one. Interesting. (laughs) They wanted they wanted edgy. Interesting. Wolverine steals the motorcycle again. Again, (laughs) we get the last kind of nod to the comics, the full name of the school, Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters. Mm -hmm. Um, Very cool. And scene. Oh, but then we have... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, we've got the chess scene. Right, so if it wasn't obvious before, the maneuvering and strategy between these two. So we've got Charles visiting his old friend. It was almost like, hey, one audience member that didn't get that Charles and Eric's relationship (laughs) is a chess match. Here's an actual Actual chess chess match. And the funny thing is, neither one of them know how to play chess. That's hilarious. In real life, they had to have a chess master. 
So there's the whole thing of, you know, what will they do He's when they come to the school? Prison. Oh, yeah, Magneto's yeah. in this plastic prison. There's this whole conversation of... Doesn't it ever wake you in the middle of the night? The feeling that someday they will pass that foolish law, or one just like it, and come for you and your children. It does indeed. What do you do when you wake up to that? I feel a great swell of pity for the poor soul who comes to that school looking for trouble i feel like we're gonna maybe hear that dialogue again in a later movie yeah i don't know maybe and the last shot is magneto knocking over his king he's given up plastic bubble is pulling away and directed by brian singer the end the end all right so how'd we do we get we got a movie here we got this movie yes we've talked about it yes who is your mvp my mvp so ian mckellen it's okay it's magneto i think you know you you need a great villain and i think he's complex and rich and he's great i totally agree with all of that but my mvp yes is hugh jackman I, think, I feel like that it. was so obvious, but okay. This is his first American movie. Mm, this is yep. only his third or fourth actual movie. He made a couple things. Really? Pool Hall Kings or something like that. A couple different little movies. I believe he was on the Australian soap opera Neighbors because every Everyone, Australian right. has been on there. Chris Hemsworth yeah, has been I, on there. I knew that. Everybody. <laughs> and they give him this major motion picture part. And he pretty much carries this movie. This is Wolverine's movie. The story is yeah. told for the most part through Wolverine's right. eyes. So That's he's fair. my MVP. That's Who fair. was your favorite character? My favorite character is Wolverine. Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. No, because... You know what? Come on. So you've got Magneto? <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, see, like I, I feel like MVP, I feel like it's Magneto because he's... You you need this great villain to have a great conflict. Absolutely. So he's holding that down. But of course, Wolverine's my favorite. But okay. So yeah. oh, that's, that's funny. funny. Okay. Um, oh. you, what's the best scene for you? The Wolverine's first fight. The, in bar, the bar scene. scene. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Hands down. That is the they best scene it. in this movie. And it's not a bad movie, but yeah. that is the best scene. Okay. Actor having the most fun. Ray Park. Oh. <gasps> We got a double. Yay! I totally, he's he, having so much yes. fun. Yeah, and he's fun to watch. Like, other than the fact that he's like he's Man. a little bit disgusting. Yeah, uh, he's fun to watch. Oh, and yeah, I and so I good. love that he got lines. Scene to cut. Hmm. I'm going to tweak this one, and it's going to be line to cut, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's uh, the lightning toad. So. You know what you could do with that is just she walks out. She's got the lightning going around her. He's hanging on by his tongue. Gross. Mm-hmm. And she just hits him with lightning and then just leaves. <laughs> like, doesn't even bother saying anything to him. Like, she comes up. He says, don't you people ever die? And all of a sudden, not the just wi- the, the wind. Yeah, yeah. Like, everything is this colossal strike. Because when she comes out, like, she blows the doors open and stuff. Right. That with the lightning bolt, like, to maybe give us a glimpse oh, do of. Oh, inside? No, Alice no. Oh. Have her, like, just come out and. Like this massive strike with no no words, not like stone cold. So for the listener at home, Michael Man, Winston I... was not here just now. That was Todd <laughs> doing. You son of son... a bitch, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay, my scene to cut. Mm, yes. Toad eating the bird. Oh, you did not like so that. Gr- you did not like that. It doesn't have to be there. It doesn't. We already are grossed out by this character. They gave him little baby teeth caps to right, put on. Right. He's he's gross. I don't need to see him eat a fucking bird for me to go, that character's disgusting. And they're like tan teeth oh, caps, right? Oh, they're like, so yeah, gross. gross. Okay. Okay. Score for Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Let's just remind everybody. Yep. 81%. That B is minus. B minus. Todd. 
What is yours? So, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this one as is. 80, 81 B minus. B minus. Yeah, I, I went B plus. Okay, just because we're still in a B rating. Sure. So mainly because it gets a lot of things wrong, canon and continuity and comic book wise, mm-hmm. but it sets the tone for what comic book movies could be. Oh, great. So it gets a little higher push for me. I can see that. Okay. So we did it. We did it. Holy cow. What's next? Well, let, now I pulled the last one, so I feel like yes, do you want to pull I, this? I will pull out of Thor's helmet. <laughs> All right. Casey, what are we going to watch? Uh, we're going to watch Paper Man. Oh, Jesus. I remember discussing this. I remember Paper nothing. Man is Paper Man 2009. It is a, a frustrated novelist. Oh. Yes. Jeff Daniels begins to depend less on his imaginary friend, Ryan Reynolds, when he forms a unique bond with a Long Island teenager, Emma Stone. This movie came out in 2010. Would you like to know what the Rotten Tomatoes score is? Please tell me what's Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes scores this movie at a 32%. Oh, God. Now, we got Jeff Daniels. We got Emma Stone. We got ryan reynolds that's good i don't feel like this movie's gonna be a 32 percent. you know we've got chris parnell who i love wait chris parnell's in this yes oh this cannot be a 32 percent. people are just being dicks okay and this movie for the listener at home if you'd like to watch this it mm-hmm. is available on youtube google play and voodoo starting at 2.99 for rental all right all right now that we know the rotten tomato score let's watch the trailer when the world is in peril, when evil surrounds you, when danger... Okay? Richard Dunn's got some growing up to do. We both know that you're not equipped to deal with your current circumstances, and until you prove otherwise, I feel compelled to be on hand. His only friend lives in his imagination. You didn't um, bring him out here, did you? Of course not. Why are you so incapable of believing I can do things perfectly fine on my own? Because you never have. You just don't like it because I'm on an upswing. Oh, my God. Then he met a girl. I just moved into town, and I need uh, a babysitter. Richard, for the love of God, don't do this, please. Listen to me, you're making a huge mistake. Is it sleeping, uh, the baby? There is no baby, as such. There's no kid? Nope. Then this will be easy. And now she may be about to become his first real friend. Does this couch make me look fat? I wouldn't sit there. You seem a lot more interesting than me. I'm not. It just seems that way. Sakes a lot. Claire? Richard, the couch is outside. I'll be right back. What babysitter? Work is going great, and I'm still not here. Richard, please! Oh! Oh! got a bruise right here oh yeah well you know beaten down by life you know winds of change i've been floundering and abby has been abby's been what a friend i'm sure that we will recognize our land i read that book you wrote you may be one of the few kind of blew me away I sense danger. Richard, who was that? It's left me cold. Girl Scout. Girl Scout. Oh, okay. I used to do things. Remember? This isn't about you. And I only know that I'll never be boy I wish I had a really amazing father like him. It's too late. 
just ideas for titles. Cool, what do you got? Memoirs of an Amnesiac, Alero. Paperman. Wait, so we just watched the trailer. Yeah, it was great. I want to see this fucking movie. Okay, so for those of you who uh, don't just listen to it on our podcast who actually watch the trailer, you're probably going, this isn't a superhero movie. But what oh, is our tagline? Oh, contraire. It's guys with beers mm-hmm. talking about movies with capes. And it stars Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, also known been... as Deadpool. Or Green Lantern. Uh, I'm or... sorry. I don't think that exists. Or whatever his character's name was in Blade 3. Or R.I.P.D. All in, all in Thor's helmet. So I, I'm i pretty stoked to watch this movie, man. Uh, me too. That trailer would... looks phenomenal. Now- this might be a Phantom Menace situation where it's a great trailer and we watch the movie and go, oh, I see why. That trailer looks phenomenal. Yeah, I'm really excited about this yeah. movie. Okay. With that, wow, Todd. Yes, Casey. Where can people find you oh. if you so wish to be found? They can find me online at TMP in SYR.com or Twitter at TMP in SYR. Casey, where can they find you online? I am on Instagram at not period Ryan Casey and on Twitter at not Ryan Casey. So that will do it for the Superpod HeroCast for this week. Episode three. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. Be heroic. App pupil ninety eight. Nope. App pu. Yes. App. We're gonna try that one more time. Go right ahead. We're going to be. I need to look at the rules again. I forgot sure. them all. How, how did we get here? <laughs> Fuck. Charles, in a uncharacteristically dickish move, leans in and says, "Welcome to the future, brother." Mm-mm. Isn't that him? Oh, that's Magneto. Oh, did I have that when, note? When from- he's reading his oh, mind. Oh, that's it. That's it. I'm like, that was there. No, okay, got it. Yeah, because Ian McKellen's American Kill accent yeah, cut is that. a little Hulk Hogan. It's like, welcome to the future, brother. Brother. <laughs> Bill did Hader? Do- Not Bill Hader. David Hader. Super power. Like the, the, the gook geek. Not gook. The, the geek. <laughs> yes. Bean, if you're listening. Don't worry. It, whoa, whoa, it, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sorry. He went with Mag... Uh, he went with Magneto. Oh, boy. Senator, this is pointless. Seriously, I could do this entire yeah. movie. This could is. it be a Jacob's Ladder situation? <laughs> that's we not making it. We can't it. No, do that. Bad. Jason no. Manzoukas will... That's his. No. That- Shout out to Jason Manzoukas. But it's Josh Whedon. You guys... Joss. What did I say? Josh? No, I said Josh. I think you said Josh. I, you, You'll listen. To, yeah. All right. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, we can't pay for that. And Patrick, not Patrick Stewart. God damn it. X-Men. <laughs> That's it. I can edit do, that. But don't, we, we do, that but we, don't we want to do both of it? I thought both of us were doing the title. Hey, we sure were. Yes. He gets stabbed. Oh, no, he gets stabbed. You're right. Adirondack Brewing. Adirondack Breweries. Adirondack Breweries Tangerine Summer Dream. Tonight we are drinking Adirondack. <laughs> so tonight we're drinking Adirondack Breweries Summer Dream Tangerine Ale. You sure about that, nope. buddy? Nope. <laughs> nope. Tangerine uh, Summer Dream. There's your oh, outtake. Let's start again. <laughs> right. We're we'll de- say it is the Adirondacks. Sure. Is it? 
Okay, we'll go with that. What uh, the fuck, Todd? You've lived here. I, I call this upstate. I call this upstate. How dare you? Is what's his name? McAvoy. Sebastian. Oh, Sebastian, Sebastian Stan has one. Stan. Oh, no. no. <laughs> That's Sebastian, Sebastian Stan. Stan. Mm, the cutting room floor. Cut all that out, all Casey. Right.